Indian and cowboy, indigenous, independent, and listener-supported, rooted firmly at the intersection between digital media, podcasting, and indigenous storytelling. And welcome to Odapemso's Huewa Kitsugizukuk Metis in Space! 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 As always, we are your hosts, Molly Swain Nitsigason, Chelsea Bao Nitsigason, Otusquanignitotzen. You remember? You remember? Starts with a man! It's hard to remember because I haven't been anywhere in so long. I know. Do I even exist outside of our neighborhood? I don't know. Like, honestly, it's just, like, when we were driving here to your place in the car, it was like the city was born anew. I was like, wait, I wasn't sure you existed. And then I started seeing streets and stuff, and, and it was like a dream coming back to me. Yeah. I was driving, and I was like, I know places exist. Yeah. Rationally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in in an embodied sense, yeah. like this is all a fog. But do we do do they exist if we don't experience them? Oh, it's very. Was that Lacanian? That's nah, it's something in. It's something in. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm just gonna drink some of this. Amazing. It's Covidian. <gasps> Wait, Covidian. Covidians are actually they're a Star Trek. They're a Star oh, Trek yeah. being. They're Covidians um in in Time Zero in TNG. Oh my gosh. Okay, but it's have, the what they they suck out the souls of people from Mark Twain's era. Do you remember that? Mark Twain is hanging out with Guinan. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> I love those episodes. Um I'm trying to find an analogy to our present situation. Other mm. than other than having our souls sucked out. Mm. But yeah, that's kind of just how I feel. Oh, it's like in DS9 when O'Brien is put in that mind prison. Oh yeah, and he's he's there for twenty years. Yeah, and then they like then then they like bring him back, and they're like, cool, you should have a few few sessions to deal with your trauma, and and then but it's all good now. Yeah, it's all great. That's actually one of the things that fucks me up the most about science fiction generally is like the most traumatic traumatic business happens and then it's fine next yeah. episode whatever yeah it's it's we're like okay it. like mentally <laughs> you were in prison for 20 years and you don't remember your family at all but like you know come back to work on monday yeah see it's see you then it's kind of like right now it's kind of <laughs> like wow experience all this intense trauma like this global trauma but like also be super productive but we're all going to pretend it's okay yeah it's all fine because we're all going through it therefore it's normalized therefore what are you complaining it's about it's fine are you going to be like jesus and complain all the time yeah, or are you going to be like Judas and fucking do something about it and then complain about it later? Exactly. Okay, Molly, introduce us to what we... Oh, introduce us to the raison d'être of this episode. Um, not, oh, wait, no. Are, no are like, two, why are we... Okay. Yeah, what are we even doing? So basically, the Rona, <laughs> it's got us all fucked up. We all know this. Yes. You're listening to this, which means you're fucked up too. Yep. Like, we're all in this together. It's a team effort. Uh, and so basically, we were like, wow, everything sucks. 
Obviously. 100% sucks. What can we do to really step into our greatest and best lives to make the best of this horrible scenario? Mm. And just to like, I don't know, just really do the thing. Do the thing in ways that yeah, just are do really the thing. busting it out. Stop thinking about it. Just do yeah. the thing. Kind of reminds me of sometimes when we're doing karaoke, sometimes I get into this rut where I'm like, I should only sing songs that I am a technically yes. can do. Like yeah. I, as a as singer, I can sing them pretty well. Right, right. And then I'm like, that's not the fucking point of no, karaoke. No, no. The point of karaoke is not to sing well. The point of karaoke is to bring the love into your heart, onto the stage, into the microphone, into people's ears. You can't see me. I'm nodding emphatically. Yeah. So this is basically, it was like... I don't want to say we didn't lose sight of anything in Maintain Space. Maintain no. Space is still the best thing ever. Uh, but we just got caught up in life. And then life yeah. paused. The pause, pause button was but, hit. Like the pause, the pause has happened, but mm-hmm. also this is a time in which the standard rules of like the ways in which we conduct ourselves in society and the way society functions generally are kind of on hold. And we're mm-hmm. looking to new ways of being and living together. And new ways of doing the 18th space. We have these internal rules. That's true. We, Normally we definitely that do. we follow. Yeah. We're like, we are only going to, to deal with science fiction or speculative fiction. We've, we've stretched out a little bit. A little features, bit. Features, indigeneity. And then we were like, but you know what would be really cool? If we just got each other to watch our favorite movies. Yeah. And then we we're like, why can't we? Who's our boss? We're our boss. We're Oak Pemsu Squawak. Yeah. We are our own bosses. We put the Otopemsu Squiwalk in, in Otopemsu Squiwalk. Exactly. And these fine days. Yeah. And and when we realized that, it was like, oh. It's also just like kind of bonkers that we've known each other for six years <laughs> and we've never seen our friends. Like, I know. We literally do a podcast where we watch films <laughs> yeah. as a thing. And, and we never talk seen about each our other. favorite movies all the time. Yeah. I mean, you in particular talk about, like, you proselytize this movie. I'm a Jesus so Christ hard. superstar evangelist yes yeah 100 percent. yeah and i will never stop being that so so yes okay so um yes molly was like okay we're gonna like molly's favorite movie only one we're gonna watch jesus christ superstar and then i am going to make molly watch the blues brothers yeah which is my i wouldn't you know it's it's not like it's the best movie ever made it's just well that's because jesus christ superstar is well, we have to have a dance-off to determine which movie is better. I've been practicing my 90s choreography, by the way. I've been so. practicing the Jesus Christ Superstar choreography. Okay, well, we'll so see. It's going to be good. Uh, yeah. So we will have a dance-off to determine which movie is greatest. But, yeah. So today we watched Jesus Christ Superstar. Molly, give us the synopsis. Um, so this is the synopsis I'm making up <laughs> right now. Basically, it's the best movie ever made. It is a film about Jesus, also about a multiracial homoerotic love triangle, mm. deeply heretical and Gnostic in its execution, considered both one of the best Christian and anti-Christian films ever made. So Christian follows the Book of Luke, deeply anti-capitalist text. Also, so anti-Christian, the Bishop of Calgary forbid people from watching it you when my dad was young. Can have it all. You really can. Jesus Christ wow. Superstar is a film that demonstrates abundance in ways that were not previously seen, particularly in the recent aftermath of Vatican II, <laughs> when, we, as we all know, the Catholic Church really started loosening up a little bit. So, Jesus Christ Superstar, it's a ride. It's a ride and a half if you haven't seen it. And if you haven't seen it in a minute, go back and watch it again, because you'll be like, what the fuck? What have I been doing with my life? Every second I'm not watching this film is a second wasted. Also, it's a musical. It's a it's it's a musical. Yes, <laughs> which, as we know, is the most elevated <coughs> form of expression. 
This is wild. This this movie really demonstrates um, the differences. If if you haven't been able to tell the difference between Molly and I before, because we basically sound <laughs> we forgot most things. Also, <laughs> this really demonstrates the differences between us because this highlights all of the ways in which Molly understands, um, you know, Christianity and theology, and all the ways in which I don't. So I come from an understanding of like doctors' waiting rooms. Like illustrated Bibles, <laughs> your 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 <laughs> lack of knowledge about Christianity. I actually am like impressed. Like your parents must have gone to an effort. Oh oh yeah. Which, like I'm I'm so impressed. Yeah, yeah. no, they really did because um, okay. So uh, yeah, let's just talk about this. So um, I grew up in a deeply anti-religious household because both of my parents were subjected to Catholic schools where. Um, they don't really talk about it a lot, but like my mom has let some things slip. Like, you know, it was, it was deeply abusive and, you know, and so, um, you know, yeah, my family is like nominally Catholic, but my, my parents are, are just so deeply anti-religious that they really shielded us from all religion, like all, all Christianity really. And so like, I really don't know anything. Um, except for, like I said, like, you know, I'd read those illustrated books in the doctor's office. And so I know like some basic stuff. Um, and I read last uh, temptation of Christ. Um, you know, and now I've seen this, but, and, and, but most of what I've learned has been like listening to Molly or my partner, uh, who, who was also raised like, uh, my partner's mother, um, does like sociology of religion of Christianity of like um, I did yeah, not know evangelical. That. I, I think she studies specifically studies Mexican Pentecostals. Cool. So they know all this stuff about religion, yeah. and I really don't, and it's hilarious. Well, it's, I think one of the funniest things for me is one time I watched um, uh, the Prince of Egypt, mm-hmm. the the Disney movie or whatever, the Prince of Egypt with your kids, and <laughs> afterwards funny. they were like who are these people? I didn't get anything that was going on. And I was like, wow, like, this is amazing. It is amazing that you have absolutely no cultural context for this. This like, yeah. So, so yeah, I love it. My side of this is that I went to Catholic school for 10 years and by thankfully, so my, my dad's family is Catholic. Um, my grandparents in particular up until pretty recently were like very devout. They were really involved in the church uh, this and that. And so my parents sort of sent us all to Catholic school to sort of make my grandparents happy. Mm. My mom, like, thinks she's Presbyterian. My mom's family is like, whatever. Um, so by the end of that 10 years, I was, like, really wanted out of Catholic school. I super wanted out. Um, my parents, my dad in particular, was like, I love this for you. Like, I'm so thrilled. Absolutely go to public school. And so when I was about 15, I was up late one night and decided to watch Showcase, which was... You know, yeah, it's, it's real you, steamy. Yeah, it's where you get oh, the racy yeah. stuff. So yeah. I was like, if I'm going to be up at one in the morning, mm-hmm. sneaking the TV <laughs> with the way down low on the volume, like yeah. you pull, you know, you pull the couch up nice and close so you can kind of hear what's going on. Um, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to watch Showcase. And on the TV pops up literally during Herod's song, which is possibly the most ridiculous oh, song yeah, in the entire amazing. movie. That's what, that's what the TV wow. turns on to. And I was like, what the hell is this? This is the greatest thing my little rebellious Catholic God was speaking directly mind. to you through showcase. He was. he was in that moment. Wow. Um, and so that's how Jesus Christ Superstar became my favorite movie. But I, I didn't know what it was, right? Because mm-hmm. we had just gotten the internet. The internet wasn't really, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I had no idea. Like, you couldn't really Google stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. I think I was using Ask Jeeves. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. what is the best movie on showcase right now? Ask Jeeves. No. Um, 
But Showcase did this thing where they'd play sort of the same movie mm-hmm. over and over for, I don't know, like four weeks or something, and then they'd flip them. So I would, like, stay up to try to figure out... Oh, wow. So you, like, what watched film it. This yeah. was. Okay. So, okay. yeah, so I caught pieces and, and pieces and finally managed to piece it together, and it, it's been a love affair ever since. That is wild. That is yeah. wild. Yeah, it, it, it's funny because, like, my community is really Catholic, and so we have this annual pilgrimage out at Lap St. Anne every year, and it is very, very Catholic. Um, and you go, you go, uh, you sort of like walk along towards the lake and there's all these stations of the cross and I would just read them oh, and be God, like, yeah. Hmm, okay. Like, yeah, it was super <laughs> Seems confusing. kind of fucked up, Yeah, but let's do this. Yeah, super <laughs> weird. And, and I just like, wasn't particularly interested and, I, but I've always had all of these people around me who were super Catholic, who like know all of these like really intense religious days and do all these really intense, intense religious things. But I'm just like, I just feel like I'm like, la la la, floating around, like just totally. like whatever, you know, like. Um, I, I, at one point I did, uh, go through a rebellious phase when I was probably like 11 oh where, um, you became really Catholic where no. Okay. So I also did not learn that there was a difference between Catholics and anybody else until mm. first year of university when I took mm. like a global history course and I learned about the reformation and everything. And I was like, Whoa, like Protestants, Catholics, there's different types Two things. And then, and then and I was like, like, wait, and then there's way more <laughs> things. Yeah. That blew my mind. Um, but no, uh, I don't know where I got a hold of a Bible, but I started reading it um, in Genesis, which is like so boring. All the begats. Genesis is my favorite. Oh Genesis my gosh. and Revelations. I really like the bookends. I never, I never managed to get to Revelations because I, I like, I'm, I'm super um, like intense about like I need to start a book from the beginning and I can't skip. Okay, so okay, picture the Bible as like the most boring thing you've ever read because it mostly I, I, is. It is. There's there's like there's erotica in it and stuff, which is cool. But some of those people live 400 years, apparently. Yeah, why not? Yeah, okay, yeah. God said it was so, so why not? Why yeah, I've, I've, I know. Since then, I've, I've I've checked out the um, what is it like the uh, that Lego Bible thing. That oh, somebody does. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's fine, but also like super weird. Yeah, but yeah. So yeah, so you had the Bible. Yeah, it's pretty dry. Even the erotica is surprisingly dry. And then all of a sudden. It's like you get this guy who's basically, as far as I can tell, living on an island by himself, dropping shrooms like you wouldn't believe, mm-hmm. and writing it down. It's, is that Revelations? That's, that's Revelations. Amazing. It's bananas. Okay, so I don't know if you remember this, because you might be too young, but in the 80s, sort of like mid-80s to, to like, you know, um, early 90s was a really intense period of these very religious movies. Um, so mm. you have like Demi Moore in, I don't know, is it like the seventh sign or, or something like that? There were all these like, you know, in The Exorcist and all, like, so there are all these movies where it's like, if you don't believe in God, you know, like Satan's coming for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it was around that time that I picked up the Bible because I'm like, wait, if I don't believe, maybe like all these terrible things will happen. So I start reading it and I'm like, this That's is so awesome. boring That's and I hate it bummer. and I can't, you know, and, and somebody told me that you need to read like a page a day or whatever. And like, really, I was like. Meh, <laughs> you know, and my parents weren't like my parents didn't give me the reaction I wanted, which was like to be like, no, you can't read the Bible. They're like, all right, go ahead if you want, and I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> this is taking all the fun out. Yeah, of it. my rebellion just like so that was it, and yeah. I just haven't been interested so, since. So that the so the other thing that I don't know, maybe maybe we can get into this a little bit later, but mm. I think one of the things that I find the most compelling about this film was for me growing up going to Catholic school. Having a dad who didn't, he really didn't want to talk about it. My dad's never, he's never been religious. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's quite against organized religion. Yeah. My mom doesn't know anything mm-hmm. about Christianity at all. Um, so basically, like, I didn't really have anybody to discuss this with growing okay. up in my family. Yeah. So I basically sort of learned, you know, what my teachers taught me in religion class and this and that. Um, 
and sort of had all these questions about it and all these criticisms and like, well, what about this? What about that? But nobody really to discuss this with. Yeah. And of course the internet wasn't really a thing mm-hmm. when I was that age. I didn't get the internet until I was 14. So I couldn't really, you know, go and hash this out and do a lot of research. Mm-hmm. Lola was 20. Anyway. And so, <laughs> and so Jesus Christ Superstar was the first time in my whole life that sort of gave sort of a context and a backstory to what was happening where it wasn't just like Judas is he betrayed Jesus because he's evil and he's right, a right. betrayer and that's it. Yeah. And Pontius Pilate, he's just evil, you know? Like, one of the things that Jesus Christ Superstar does so brilliantly is it gives this kind of incredible sociopolitical context that takes the blame off of these big villains in Catholicism, mm-hmm. which I find so amazing. So it, it sort of is like, you know, almost sort of like this kind of like patriotic narrative that mm-hmm. you get, but it's like a Catholic patriotic narrative where, you okay. know, you gotta, you gotta just toe the line, you gotta believe and, yeah. you know, that's it. Um, and, and anything that we say, you can sort of reason your way into agreeing with. Mm-hmm. And Jesus Christ Superstar flips that all on its head. Oh. And it's like, these are complex people living in really politically complex times. And so they're behaving in ways that they think make sense mm-hmm. in order to like navigate and survive, you know, a colonial occupation and, you know, sort of like the like complex sort of a socio-religious society like yeah. oh, it's so interesting okay okay um, but so yeah let's, let's, let's talk get back into what wine. we normally do yeah. our, our deeply sedimented wine okay so there's this okay. sedimentary wine <laughs> this is Chateau de la no it's Gardine I said Jardin because I feel like that's what it's getting. I, I do. I don't but really know. But it's a G, not a it's, J. I know. Yeah, it's, maybe it's, it's, a, maybe it's like a Franco-France French thing. I know. This is like yeah, well, maybe. Bardane. Okay, okay, okay. So this is from 1995. I'll give you the backstory in a that's second. True. Things were you, different in 1995. They were. Uh, you read the description of the I wine. Shall. From 1309 till 1379, when the popes no, lived in Avignon. More French. I can't. This that was my French, man. Oh, damn. I'm from Alberta. I can't do the French. <laughs> you lived in Montreal. Okay, it's fine. I know I lived in Montreal. No. My, this is my French immersion teacher telling me that I should just drop out of French immersion. All right, sounds good. Because I would talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> That's Italian. Okay. I know. Go on, go on. The popes lived in Avignon, close to the Chateau Neuf du Pape. They served the wine of their best vineyards. Hey, thank you. There. At the Chateau de la Gardine, the very special soil, crushed rocks and large ruled pebbles. <laughs> the traditional methods of winemaking producing delicate melodianous wine. Just truly worthy of a pontifical table. <laughs> I don't know if any of you got it, it doesn't matter. Okay, um, the point is okay, back. <laughs> is there a point? <laughs> there is a point. Okay. Back when I was a little baby, um, working in my first job at a liquor store. Wow. Actually, it wasn't my first job. Child labor laws were really different back then. No, I uh, <laughs> started working when I was 12 at a restaurant at a greasy Oh, food. I thought you were going to say at the liquor store. No, no, I was no. Like, my God. No, the liquor store was many jobs later, so it wasn't my first job, but whatever. Uh, it, anyway. Okay, so uh, I, I got really into wine. So I was, I was quite young then. I was like maybe, let me see, 18? Maybe. And, and so I was like, I was like, I became like, I was like, I'm going to learn about wine. And, you know, I was also like, I'm going to learn about Western, um, uh, Was this literature. the same time that you were it like, totally, I'm going to read Capital because everybody else is talking yes, about it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. I was really trying to prove myself. I was like new to the city. I felt really uneducated in Western anything. I really didn't know anything. So I was like, I'm going to read all these like seminal Western texts 
Jude the Obscure, you know, Das Kapital, uh, fucking Les Miserables. <laughs> I'm going to be super bored I know. for years. <laughs> Actually, I found out I really, like, if you want to be depressed, read The Russians. If you want, like, swashbuckling, like, like uh, um, soap operas, read The French. Um, don't read Americans. Um, <laughs> anyway, and I also, like, decided that I was going to learn about wine. I was going to become a worldly woman. And so um, I'm working at this liquor store. I'm, I'm learning about wine. And so I started um, buying bottles of wine there that, you know, that I'd researched and everything. So I ended up with a collection of, like, I don't know, not that many, like, maybe 30 bottles of wine. But they were, like, expensive wines. Like, I'm, like, a student at this point. You know, like, like if, if your wine doesn't cost, like, eight bucks, it's, yeah. So, I mean, some of these bottles were, like... $40 or $50 or some of them slipped into my yeah. bag. And so I ended up with it like happens. all these, all these wines, right? And I was like, I'm going to save these and da, 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 And then I divorced my ex and it, it was, it was awesome. But he took my fucking wine. He took my wine. Wait. Yes. I Molly. have not made that connection. This is yes, the wine. This is the fucking wine. He took oh all my of my God. wine. He didn't care about wine. He just drank whatever swill he could. He took the wine to piss me off. And so it's been something that's been like bothering me all these years. I'm like, I could have been drinking this great wine. God damn. God damn. And then our daughter turns 18 and he shows up at my, up at my door with this fucking bottle of Chateau de la Gardaigne. And he's like, uh, here, I kept this. I was like, motherfucker. The fact that you didn't bust it over his head. Yo, you should get a Nobel Prize. He wanted me to thank him. He was like, you'll get another one when the other one turns 18. Like, he's doling it out like to me like it's fucking his wine. Okay, whatever. He wants me to thank him. I did not, dear audience, thank him. Or burn down his house. Right. So, I mean, there's another Nobel Prize right there. But I did swear a lot. Anyway, this wine is from 1995, the year I graduated from high school. 25 years old. This is my 25th anniversary of graduating from high school. So we open up this wine. I was five years old. I know it's wild. The cork <laughs> no, disintegrated. The cork disintegrated. So yeah, it did. We we tried pulling out as much as we could. I was worried that it was going to be vinegar at this point because I have no idea how this mm. guy's been like storing it. No. Um, so we had to strain it through a cheesecloth to make sure we weren't drinking a bunch of like gross, uh, like cork. Yeah, but it is. So good. Delicious. It is so amazing. It's got like, it's kind of like almost brownish mm-hmm. in color. It's like got this like super intense spicy smell with this like bouquet of cherries and pepper. And then an aftertaste of sandals. Sandals. It tastes Lover. like sandal feet. But in a good way. In a good way. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And I'm not like a, a foot person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever that means. I don't know. But not not into like sucking the sweat off of a toe. No. No. This Except is, for this liquid toe. This is amazing wine. And I felt like it was it was totally apropos. So yes. part of me was like, no, I need to save this. You know, it's it's so it's so old already, I might as well save it. But the Rona has taught me one thing, and it is this. I could be dead tomorrow, so drink the wine today. Yeah. Okay. Live in the present, drink in the present. That's right. Let's also, get... I, this is the oldest wine I've ever had. I know. it's amazing. And it's been a very different experience. It is so... Like, I, I don't want to get it, it now. I know, right? It's really yeah. good. Like, yeah. like, really good. Yeah. Like, really good. Yeah. I, swi- I switched to the box stuff to, to like, yeah. really savor. And, uh... Not so great. I'm... I'm I, I don't want to say I'm ever sad yeah. for a box wine, because it's four liters of wine. My God. Like... <laughs> Like it, I, I'm yeah. bathing in it. How are you I love be sad it. with four liters of no. wine? But however, this it is, is 
It is something. It's and a different beast. So now I'm actually a little mad that it's only 750 milliliters mm. of 25 year old wine. You when it should be liters upon You know what liters. we need to do? We need to like Ocean's 8 mm. your wine back mm-hmm. from your necks. Mm-hmm. There's so much good wine there. Yes. Damn. Okay. Yeah. So me not being bitter at all, no. not dreaming about me, a, a heist, not being bitter on your behalf, and no. definitely not into committing crimes. No, definitely not. Let's get into the dirty alley in Montreal Jesus where this Christ. movie opens up. Jesus Christ! <laughs> wow, this movie. Um, okay, so it opens I'm with. S- I love that you watch this with me. I'm so happy. Molly's been trying to make everybody watch this. So you have to go out and watch this now. Okay. Also, can I tell you my dream before we get started? My was absolute it, 100% dream. Was this a dream, like a prophetic dream, like what... Um, what everybody has in this movie? Yeah. Um, no, this is more okay. like a fantasy. Oh, okay. Which okay. everybody is also having in this movie, particularly Judas mm-hmm. is having mm-hmm. a lot of fantasies. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so picture this. Jesus Christ Superstar Horror Picture Show. Hmm. Which is Easter weekend every year we gather... We watch Jesus Christ Superstar. Everybody dresses in costumes, and we have a specific set of rules and actions that you undertake as you watch. How is this not already a thing? Okay, this is a cult classic, and yet it isn't. I know it's it's like a non cult classic, cult classic, which blows my mind. So things that I have seen in relation to Jesus Christ Superstar: number one, Peaches Christ Superstar, Peaches One Woman Jesus Christ Superstar show. Wow, which I don't know how she managed to do that before me. (laughs) <laughs> and I do know it's because she's better resourced. I get it. <laughs> she can sing. I get it. So I've had to look beyond. Right. Uh, I also got to see a 66-year-old, twice the age of Jesus, by the way, 66-year-old Ted Neely reprise his role as Jesus wow. in Jesus Christ Superstar production. No way! The amount of tears I cried. Wow. Like, wow. Unbelievable. Wow. It was so good. So now this is my contribution to Jesus Christ Superstar. Okay. Is Jesus Christ Superstar horror picture show. Oh, right. I need, I don't like doing things just by myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I need an by, ally. Yeah, you need folks to like get into it. Yes. I have talked to Dr. Paul Garo about this. Mm-hmm. He is enthused about of this. Of course. But he's also enthused about everything. Yes, sure. So we'll have to see how it goes. But that is my dream one day to put on a production of Jesus Christ Superstar Horror Picture Show. Because I think it would lend itself so beautifully to that format. True, true. Okay. And okay. let's talk about why that is. Uh, yes. <clears throat> All right. This blew my mind. Okay, so here we are. Apparently, like, we're, we're where it all began. And it's dusty. And there's ruins. And, and then we suddenly see... There's, it opens up with an electric guitar riff. And then some electronic weirdness after that. I'm like, okay, okay. Sonically, this is interesting. Yeah, it's and the 70s. Lots of stuff is happening. Exactly. Dust in the distance. And there's a bus with a cross on top and a bunch of other stuff. The bus stops. A bunch of dirty hippies disembark. And they're handing out helmets and props... People are getting into costumes, doing their makeup and their hair. There's guns. There's intense music. Um, yeah, it's wild. Yeah. And then they and then they pick the, the the cross off and they and they bring it down and like yeah, they're setting the stage. stage. Yeah, they're setting the stage. These are our, our, our traveling actors. Yeah. And so one of the things that's interesting about this scene, if you've watched it dozens of times, <laughs> if you were ever to do that, I don't know anybody who has. Um, is is that everybody the dirty hippies as they exit the bus they're they're preparing for their roles in ways that actually reflect their characters yeah i would have to watch that again because like yeah. at the beginning i didn't know who they were going to be mm-hmm. and at the end when they're getting back on the bus i yes, was like ah, a, yeah, that was interesting yes yeah. um 
so you have like uh, Mary Magdalene, for example, is, is doing her own makeup in a mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, Judas is sort of like separating himself from sort of the rest of the people. Uh, Jesus is being surrounded by everybody very slowly. Um, Annas is sort of, he's being kissed by like, you know, a, a cute lady. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. You know, like the disciples are are really helping out, really sort of getting involved. Like, I don't know. It's it's the way that this that movie is, cool. is produced is like it's simultaneously so absurd. <laughs> yes. But like so, you know, everything is supposed to be like a metaphor for everything else, which when you're 15 is exactly what you want mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in your religious film. <laughs> so, okay. There was a point there where all of a sudden people are like forming this circle around. And, and was it, was it like... Was it supposed to be Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus there for a second? Like, I swear, she was, like, holding... Somebody was holding, like, a swaddled infant, and they were all, like, around, and then... I definitely have never noticed that. Really? But I'm really interested. Yeah, there was, like, a brief moment when they cir- when they circle Ooh, them. When Jesus is literally getting birthed out of the circle. Yeah, Ooh. and then and then you see Jesus come out, like, they, they, they put the robe on Jesus, and Jesus is a grown-up man. But, yeah, there was mm-hmm. a moment I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I know this part, Mary and Joseph. Interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you have to watch it again. Oh, I see, will. Maybe wow. I saw something. See, this is why I'm so excited <laughs> to watch this with somebody who's never seen it before, because I knew that you would see all sorts of things I haven't seen. I mean, maybe I was hallucinating, but the whole thing felt the whole like thing. A- is a hallucination. Yeah. Most beautiful, ecstatic hallucination. See, that's the other thing, right? Is like it takes all of sort of the ecstatic mysticism of the mm-hmm. Catholic tradition and puts it into one film, packages it for you and you alone. Mm, beautiful. Oh, wild. All right. So then, okay. So we get, I, I later figure out is Judas, but he's got like these red flowing pants on and this red smock that like and and so the all the dudes v. in yeah the deep V in in very seventies chest out dudes yes exactly <laughs> uh, which is I, you know do you want that back do you not want that back like we're also talking about like sort of like the body shapes of people in the seventies was different like you know everybody's like really lean but like not like super bulky and weirdly like like muscle yeah they're not like uh, what's his face Steve Rogers looking dudes yeah cause it's not it's it's before like the bulking up of the 80s in the movies like with all the 80s action stars you oh, know oh right and then yeah, yeah cause that was what, like, like bodybuilders like really mm-hmm. intense bodybuilders became action stars and then you get like sort of the late the late 90s and the early aughts sort of that goes away and then they bring back like really like I'm thinking of like Wolverine for example the, yeah. the evolution of Wolverine becomes also again really ridiculous yeah like just oversized impossible standards yeah um, but the 70s was a more honest time I feel yeah. like folks were and just you know yeah and the, the interesting out. thing about this too is that you know they're um, the, the idea is it's sort of this busload of people plays every character mm-hmm. and like you know there are some scenes where it's obviously more than a busload of people but you do you see sort of like actors in a bunch of different roles yeah, yeah. um and so they're all dancers yeah and so they have these like like specific dancers bodies that's, yeah that's very um, true yeah that again like they're not they're not built to be on tv necessarily like a lot of these people were stage actors yeah and like always kind of were stage actors mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh and so they, they are they're like super wiry yeah and they're like in the hot sun all day oh <laughs> so yeah and just I, like really, i actually really appreciate it popping and yeah they <laughs> were they were greasy and shiny and sweaty and dusty mm-hmm. and like all you know and all, all of these things that i find that a lot of um a lot of tv and movies right now just like doesn't allow people to be mm-hmm. you know so yeah i kind of i kind of appreciate you know all the hairiness and yeah you know the like i mean they all had great teeth though I don't know what's up with that. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but, but I do, I think it's like, it's, it's a real aesthetic decision. I think on the, 
you know, the director's part mm-hmm. as well, because it's, it's very much about the story. Like the, the settings are all very sparse, right? Like it yeah, takes place, true. they're on location in yeah. occupied Palestine. Yeah. Some of the sets are actual ruins right. that they're sort of using. And, you know, um, the, the Pharisees are, are on scaffolding yeah. at certain points and stuff. And yeah, there's nothing, there's and, and, like, there's nothing amazing. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And it's all, it's all very, very spare. And I think it's, it's so you focus on the characters and on the story, yeah. including the clothes until mm-hmm. like that, you know, until there's like a few, a few songs where it's like really bombastic yeah. but yeah, yeah. kind of like that mm-hmm. oh <laughs> i gonna sneeze wow okay sneeze on it's oh. all that wine sediment oh there's so much sediment but I'm just like chewing on it it's great mm-hmm. okay um so, so Judas is song, sitting yes. on a rock uh in his amazing outfit open to the navel he's singing and I that's when that's the moment I was like right this is a musical it's all gonna be sung I fucking hate music. I actually am so surprised that because I listen when we were living together, I listened to Jesus Christ Superstar all the time, like the the movie album I, all the time. I don't remember any of that. That's um, I mean, I'm kind of thrilled because I was like, wow, this is so embarrassing that I'm like doing this again. Uh, wow. So I'm I'm happy that it no. seems to just not. Well, and I told you, I told you like my first. So I I'd seen musicals before, obviously, um, but it was like all through Nick at Night, so it was like old. <laughs> Like 50s movies and stuff, right? So I was like, okay, musicals, they are a genre that belong to a certain era. And then I was really stoned one day at my friend's place when I was a teenager and Grease came on and I was like, wow, I'm really hallucinating. And later on I found out it was a real thing and I was like, oh, I didn't make that up. Whew, good. Uh, and I was like, wow, Grease, it, like, this is amazing. So I, I am... Which is so funny because I think musicals are like possibly my favorite genre of film. Like I love musicals i okay i i i uh relate to musicals in the same way i relate to poetry i profess my hatred for them while i secretly love them while i secretly feel rejected by them because i'm not cultured enough to understand them but i i i i consume them anyway but i don't tell anybody about it but i mean this so this is the thing about jesus christ Superstar. one of the things and so jesus christ superstar was sort of my first i mean i like i like like mary poppins you mm-hmm. know i would i would argue mary poppins is a musical. yeah 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 fair. um but Jesus Christ Superstar was sort of my first sort of like grown up quote unquote musical. Yeah. And I think part of the reason I love it is because it's so colloquial. Yes. Like it is not a musical that has pretensions. I agree. To it. Yeah. I didn't feel like I was like, wow, I'm not cultured enough. I was like, okay, I don't really know that much about Christianity. So I, I can fo- I can follow the plot well enough to understand what's going on. And I was like, hey, I know who that is. Hey, I got it wrong a few times though. Um, but I, I'd I love like, to hear about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I was like, okay, I know some of the players here. I know the story enough. But yeah, I didn't feel like I had to, I, I didn't feel like I had to be like elevated intellectually to understand it. You sure don't. definitely appreciate it. Yeah, it's the people's musical. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to think of another musical that I've seen that's like that. Probably Tommy. Uh, which I haven't actually seen. I've I haven't either. I'm just guessing. Yeah, I've, I've listened to it, but I've never watched anything. I don't know if there's... I feel like Moulin Rouge is maybe that kind of musical because it does a lot of, oh, like, it's all popular music. Right. And uh, what, what was the other one now? Was it Chicago? Was that... Chicago? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's one of the ones... That's one of the, like, movie musicals that I've watched. Yeah. Other than Grease. But those are, those are, like, sort of, what, like, 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. There was a bit of musical revival in there. Yeah, there was. And they tried it lately with uh, La La Land or whatever. I never watched it. I didn't watch that either because remember that time they thought they won the Oscar? I was like, I'm never going to watch La La Land. Can you imagine a Nietzsche musical? What that would be like? Like, it it would be powwow, country, (sighs) 
and metal, oh and then to appeal to the youth crowd, it would be like the sort of powwow step, like electronic yeah, yeah, rap yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh, it would I, be killer. It would be so great. It would absolutely 100% have to be done by natives. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it could, could be like, like, if you could not do it, but this is one of the things I think actually about musicals that I love so much is you can't do it unless you're super embedded in it. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can't, you can't sort of do the dances with wolf thing with a musical. It would, no. it, it would just. I mean, you, you could, but it would be it would be it would be just like Dances with Wolves. It'd yeah. be ridiculous. But I, I imagine like a multi generational story. So lots mm. of Patsy Cline, lots of Merle Haggard, lots of like yeah. you know like the old country music that like people my age really like vibe with, and then like getting into getting into the rap, the hardcore rap that yeah. like was a thing when we're you know. Well, well, I think so. I mean, this is where I see I see it sort of country to metal, like heavy mm, metal mm-hmm. to rap. And then the like rap power steps, sort of like queer country yeah. revival that's going yeah, on yeah, right yeah. now. Like it would yeah. be oh, oh and what like an so incredible good. cycle that is. Oh, also, I know. I know. it's so good. So it, it, it in in a way like thinking about that, the way that like indigenous peoples have taken up different musical genres as our own, and also have created musical at, genres, hundred percent. But also just thinking about like the ways in which we have um, taken up you know, religious beliefs as our own, like particularly Catholicism. Like I know that, I know that there's a lot of evangelicalism. I don't know if that's a word um, Mm. that, that is so that there's like sort of like a second wave of religious colonization happening um, with, with these really intense evangelical um, religions that are making inroads, particularly in like uh, Northern communities and more isolated communities that are really prescriptive and, and very like, um, like dis- dismissive and, and and antagonistic towards indigenous spirituality, whereas like Catholicism, as like violently as it was imposed, still sort of like was uh, has has always been notable for its 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 ability to um, engage in what is it called like synchronicity or whatever. Like it's sort of like yeah, synchronism. It's got like this veneer that allows indigenous spirituality as long as you like sort of like pretend it's it's Christian, mm-hmm. right? And so like. Part of the reason that I was able to be insulated from from Christianity is because, like, you know, it's there, but also, you know, at pilgrimage and at all of these these places where people are like, you know, nominally counted as Catholics, they're also engaging in really intense, like, indigenous spiritual practices that predate Christianity. Yeah, and so we were able to focus on that and just be like, oh yeah, Christians, you know, yeah, yeah, and, but not like have to like profess some sort of like you know, solidarity with that religion. Whereas I think like with some of the newer, um, ways of, of, of sort of, um, spreading Christianity through Indian country, it's, it's becoming more like you have to choose, like you have to reject your spirituality and you can only accept this. And it's weird that it's happening now because like, you know, you'd think that we would have more spiritual freedom and yet I think it's becoming more and more difficult. Like, like it's, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, and I think a big part of that is that in general, um, people are sort of moving away from organized religion. You know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, the United States and sort of the, the rise of their sort of evangelical Christian right, I think, you know, notwithstanding, you know, the Catholicism, Catholicism in particular is seeing like plummeting, yeah. you know, like uh, mass attendance, um, you know, and of course that means like fewer tithes yeah. and this and that. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. they, they are, they really are looking for ways to sort of grow their audience. Right. And whether that is, um, sort of with popes that tend to be a little more liberal, like John mm-hmm. Paul was considered quite a liberal Pope. Um, or that is sort of like re, you know, like moving through these, these roads that they've traveled before. Um, I think that that's, 
you know, I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily a um, surprise. And mm-hmm. I think too, you know, we were sort of, we're experiencing crises, like real sort of spiritual crises right now as yeah. well. Right. Like yeah. climate change is definitely a spiritual crisis for a lot yeah. of people. And, and, and particularly the ways in which we see climate change, um, sort of happening within indigenous communities, particularly in the North, right? But they're like feeling the brunt of it right away. Yeah. yeah. And really severing those ties, those relation, those relationships Mm -hmm. that like, like ground our cultures. Yeah. And, and our, and our, you know, religions. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and like all that being said, like, you know, I don't love Jesus Christ superstar. Um, because I think it's anti-Christian. Like I'm, I, yeah. I don't consider myself anti-Catholic anymore. Yeah. Like I, I don't think like there's there's just too much complexity yeah, in yeah, people's yeah. relationships with religion. Yeah. I don't, you know, I think being just like oh I hate religion or yeah. I hate Catholicism or I hate Christianity doesn't allow for sort of the complexity of the ways that people experience mm-hmm. and enact it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that I love Jesus, about Jesus Christ Superstar too is that it's able to hold both sort of like a deep respect for its subject matter while also really subverting a lot of the doctrine, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's able to do that at the same time. And I think like that's sort of a really healthy way to look at a lot of this stuff. If you want to look at it critically, yeah, and you don't yeah, have yeah. to, like, I don't no, think anybody has yeah, to. Yeah, no, I don't but. think anybody has to. I think it's worthwhile to like, I was, I was raised never to denigrate other people's like religious views. Mm. Um, but I was like, definitely like, you know, shielded from it. And, and, you know, when I tried to rebel, my parents were like, yeah, go for it. If you, you know, yeah. and if I had become super Catholic, they would have supported me, I think. But, but yeah, I've never like, um, I do notice that sometimes folks are just like, if you're Catholic, you're colonized, yeah. da, 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 da. Whereas like some of the most deeply tradition, traditional people that I know are also Catholic. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, and, and particularly coming from a community like Lac St. Anne, where you have that layer of like deep, deep pre-colonial tradition and then Catholicism layered over top of it where people are able to go there and not feel any sort of like, you know, cultural dissonance. Yeah, They're it's, like, it's, it's not both. like a yeah. double consciousness. Yeah. It, it is. It's a single, it is a single consciousness. Yeah. And I think too, like, you know, that kind of thinking doesn't allow for the fact that like our people are so strong mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. our cultures are so strong. Like, of course, like, you know, and I'm not saying that this is a universal thing, but I do like so what? So what Catholicism comes in? Like, yeah, yeah, we're the one. Like, what if we're the ones assimilating Catholicism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how I really feel about, like, I feel like that was more possible with Catholicism, whereas mm-hmm. it isn't so much with a lot of the sort of, like, you know, intense evangelical. Right. Um, yeah, because they're so rigid. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I am I am worried about that. And particularly, like, yeah, I don't want to get into it too much, but I, I remember... Um, you know, learning, like people are doing like exorcisms in high schools and stuff right, or banning yeah. sweat lodges and stuff in certain communities. And so it's a really touchy, it's a touchy thing. Mm-hmm. You know, people are like, if you were religious at all, you're, you're, uh, you're totally colonized. Like it's a spectrum, right? And mm-hmm. then, then it's like, okay, well you can like, you can do both. And then it's like, no, you have to only be Christian and da da da. And it's, it, it's interesting. Cause it could have been, it could have been another religion that yeah. was like brought in. But and I think I, indigenous people would have like, you know, uh, yeah, like assimilated that, like yeah. taken that up and been like, okay, all right. Yeah. And that's, and that's, you know, I think that's one of the the great things about a lot of our cultures is that those things can, can exist in parallel mm-hmm. and they can, mm-hmm. they can come together and meet in those ways. Right. It is, it is like a deeply relational way of understanding religion, yeah. which in a lot of ways is like, like essentially sort of contrary to the way that a lot of people are taught religion today. Yeah. And that's like, I think really an important thing to hold on to. Yeah. And I think too, bringing it back to Jesus Christ Superstar, 
you know, that's what a lot of these characters are sort of grappling with Mm -hmm. is sort of how do we understand this figure and what he's doing as Jesus. And, And one of the great things about this movie is Jesus is not like he's a, he's hypocritical. He's kind of he's like sort of a weak dweeb. Oh my god, he's so he, passive aggressive. Like yeah, he's passive aggressive. He's like aggressive. you guys don't even care about me. Yeah, he's yeah. well, I mean, but you know, a big part of it is like he's the only one who knows what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of like I find that so interesting yeah. as everybody else is reading what they want onto him in the same ways that everybody sort of both within and without the Catholic religion reads onto it what we want mm-hmm, to read onto mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. right? And so it's it's sort of like a big part of this movie is about how do we understand how we relate to religion. Yeah. Well, and, and, my, and my reading of this movie is really influenced by the fact that I did read uh, Last Temptation of Christ. Mm. Um, and not Last knowing Temptation that of Christ didn't happen all that much later. No, I, it went, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. They are, I, I, I think of them as parallel texts. Oh, it's, that's interesting because, yeah, I could totally see it being influenced by this, particularly uh, the portrayal of Judas because the portrayal mm-hmm. of Judas in Last Temptation of Christ is much more sympathetic. Like, like sort of Judas is like, it, it ha- like, you know, Jesus has this particular sort of mission or this like fate, but so does Judas. Mm-hmm. And there's no way that Judas could have escaped that. And in fact, him doing what he did was absolutely necessary to like create the arc of Jesus becoming yeah. like, yeah. And so this is really like, that's really amazing because, um, these movies both sort of come after, uh, the the so-called discovery of like the gospel of Judas or the book of Judas as well. Um, oh. And like, I think well after, you know, like this is an idea that's been sort of like batted around that, that, you know, Judas is actually the central character. Yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the sort of crucifixion story. Right. Right. Um, you know, you see like Yates does it too. Um, okay. In some of his uh, like plays um, where, you know, Jesus um, sort of is, is, you know, the guy upon which all of this is enacted, like mm-hmm. his body is, mm-hmm. is what this is all enacted on. But Judas is the one who actually has the, I guess like the will, mm-hmm. you know, and he can make the choice, right? Right. You know, and in Jesus Christ superstar, you see Judas and Jesus making these choices. But yeah. in this one, Judas is really interesting because not only does he make the choice, but he's sort of, he's manipulated into making that choice and he comes to realize that. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, growing up, going to Catholic school, you don't hear that. No, he's just, <laughs> no, he's, he's just, just a, a bad guy. Bad guy. Who, like, he betrayed. does it for money. Yeah. And this I and can that. see that. Yeah. Um, and doesn't really, you know, he feels remorse and, uh, you know, hangs himself or in, in the, the book of John, he, um, he walks into a field and trips and explodes. Uh, what? Yeah. Just explodes. He just, exp- yeah, you should, Wait, that's in the actual Bible. Yeah. Straight up just explodes. The book of John is like, it's so there's the synoptic <laughs> and the asynoptic gospels. Synop- <laughs> the, yeah. So the synoptic gospels are Matthew, Mark and Luke, and they all tell basically the same story. They were written, they weren't written at the exact same time, but they were sort of written in pretty close to one another. I'm so embarrassed that so many of, of the John. listeners probably like may know this. And, and I, this and is all brand new to me. Totally. Well, I mean, they may know more than me too. There may be like, well, this little detail yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Like there's like, there's no, I'm, more I'm still pedantic like, than religious pedants. I'm still pedants. blown away when you like told me about angels being wheels with eyes, <laughs> like fire yeah, and seventy wings. Wild. Anyway, yeah. go on. But yeah, so yeah. So you got John, who's the Asynoptic Gospel, who's written like 
the Book of John is written like pretty far in the future, so it's like it's. Do you see the Book of John? Like Jesus Christ Superstar is mostly the Book of Luke, which oh. is sort of like the more revolutionary anti-capitalist book, generally okay. considered. I don't want any fucking emails about this, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just keep it keep it to yourself. Yeah. Um, and then you have the Book of John, which is like written pretty late after that. Wait, is this all the same story? They're all telling the same story from mm-hmm. a different point of view. That is so weird. Isn't that interesting? Wow. Yeah. And so the idea is. Um, you know, it's it's unclear. It's probably none of the four Gospels. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unclear whether any of them actually knew Jesus. What? Pro- like, maybe one or two of them did, but probably not. John definitely didn't. John's sort of telling this... And so John's the one, like, you know, the, the Pontius Pilate scene? Yeah, where yeah, he's yeah. like, what is truth? Is truth yeah, unchanging yeah, law? Yeah. We both have truths. Are mine the same as yours? Um that's Book of John, like, is where Pontius Pilate and Jesus are having this sort of philosophical conversation. Okay. Which I think most historians agree, like, why the hell would this Roman, like, prefect be having mm. this conversation with some random, yeah, like, condemned man? Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, mostly it's Book of Luke. Um, so, yeah, in the Synoptic Gospel, which is Book of, or a Synoptic Gospel, which is the Book of John, uh, everybody else has him, he hangs himself. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, you know, like, that's a suicide. He goes to hell. Then Dante, of course, writes yeah. him as being gnashed in one of the jaws of Satan. Satan has, like, a bunch of faces and a lot of jaws. So I read Dante's Inferno without having any biblical knowledge. <laughs> Speaking confusing. of, like, thinking you're high. <laughs> yeah, that was super weird. Yeah, and you're also, like, like, who are these guys? Literally not knowing anything anything about the Christian religion reading that was such a trip. Okay, anyway. One of the best things about Dante's Inferno is, like, not only do you need to know at least, like, something about Christianity, you also need to know about, like, Italian politics during the Renaissance. Because, like, one of the other guys that's being gnashed to death is, like, this pope that the current pope, while it was being written, didn't like. And so Dante was like, yeah, that guy, that guy's getting gnashed too. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, Book of John, he walks into this field and And he tricks and just, like, explodes. Like, his bowels and shit just come out. Oh, that would All over the field. That would totally suck. That would totally suck, yeah. (laughs) But it's interesting because then in the Book of John, Judas doesn't commit a mortal sin, which is suicide. Okay. Interesting. So I don't know. I don't know what that means. Maybe. Or is it... Purgatory. Well, is that like is that is that canon? Does purgatory actually exist in in Christian? So, is that just? I mean, I don't I don't really know. Okay. Like it's Dante Dante's like yeah yeah trilogy of having a good time with Virgil or whatever yeah, the yeah. fuck. Uh, purgatory like that technically at least for a while was considered canon. I don't know if it still is. I think it still is. I'm not entirely sure. Wow. So maybe there's a purgatory. Jeez. This is so weird. I, like, I just think about, Christianity's, like... Christianity is, like, if, as dense as the history of Canada's Indian policy. That is so wild. Wow. Like, what if somebody were to just, like, create a religion based on the Twilight series? You know? And I'm just, sure like, there is In one. all of the fan fiction. They were like, okay... Somebody on so Tumblr has done this. This is, this is a religion based on the original texts, but the original texts are also fan fiction of this, and then all the fan fiction oh, of yeah. that, and, like... The Bible is... Like, Fifty Shades would like, be in there. The New Testament? I don't, I don't want to talk necessarily about the <laughs> Old Testament because, you yeah. know, and the Jewish Bible and all of that. Like, I want to, I totally 100% respect mm-hmm. Jewish interpretations of the Jewish Bible. I have no problem talking about the New Testament. Straight up fan fiction. So wild. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Mind anyway, blown. Yeah, we're still on the first song. This is so weird. <laughs> like, people talk about, like, our... Like, our, our sacred stories, and you're like, oh, that's so weird. Like, people transforming and, like, having sex with animals and stuff. It's like, have you have you seen the Bible? Have you, yeah. do you even Bible, bro? Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt. Like, what the fuck is that? Wow. Okay. Yeah, Judas tripped in a field, exploded. Just guts Since when everywhere. does that happen? Yeah. Wow. 
Just, okay. Yeah. Okay, get us going stuff. back into the movie. That was okay. That was so we get Judas a, a thing. Wow. So heaven on their minds. It was beautiful, but now it's sour. Anyway, uh, so Judas. We start with Judas. He's yeah. our first character that we see, and he's I warning think Jesus. He's the main character. Yeah, he is I warning agree. Jesus. Um, and this, you know, this was mind blowing to me as a Catholic school kid. He's introducing some of the socio political context. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're colonized. Of, yeah, we are occupied. Have you yeah. forgotten how put down we are? We need to protect ourselves. Your followers, they're sort of, uh, they're, they're overwhelmed by your celebrity. Mm-hmm. Um, but you and I, you know, Judas, and he's clearly placing himself in sort of like this inner circle. Like my reading of this from the first time I saw it was Judas and Jesus are lovers, right? They're, they're together. They're, mm-hmm. they're boyfriends, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Like they're, they're partners yeah. in this whole thing. And then, um, Jesus and starts getting super popular. He's like, I knew you popular. before you were cool. Yeah. Basically, that's it. He's like, like we need to, yeah. We, we that was each so, other so much sentiment. I know. <laughs> I just spit out <laughs> Just drinking the wine sand. Ugh. It's like, I'm going to with Jesus. I'm going to get us, I'm going to rinse this off and then get us some more. <laughs> that was disgusting. Ugh. Okay, I'm getting us a little box of wine. Okay. Yes, I think the box wine will be great. We're not editing any of this shit, by the way. Jesus wouldn't want that. Jesus wouldn't want us in a pandemic to edit anything. You were, It's like you're sitting here at the table with us. You've got the taste of sediment in your mouth. You've rinsed it out. Now you have a new... It was beautiful, but now it's sour, as you might say. This smells so different. I. I this is the on-sale boxed cab sove. Okay, okay. Am I... Hallucinating? Can you smell vanilla? Nope, you're not hallucinating. It's vanilla, right? I'm in on it. Yeah, we're getting better at this. We are. <laughs> Smolier, Smolier, Chelsier. Oh my god, Smolier's. Oh my god, Smolier's Chelsier. Beautiful. Cheers. Ah, oh, Flake. Okay. Mmm. Mm. Yeah. Judas. 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 Yeah. So I thought that was interesting because it did really like um, sort of set the scene. And, and also just be like, yeah, like, I knew you before you were famous, basically. And everybody's yeah. like, you got to be careful, tone it down a little bit, like, you're yeah. getting noticed. And and one of, one of the great things about sort of these main characters and, like, like sort of the three main characters, you've got Judas, Jesus, and Mary Magdalene, mm-hmm. um, is Judas and Mary Magdalene both care deeply about Jesus as a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but they do it in really different ways. Yes. And so Judas's thing constantly is we have this small movement mm-hmm. and we love you, yeah. but we need to make sure we're protected so we can continue to, to do what we're right. doing. Right, you're going to get us all killed. Yeah. Like, all of us. And Mary yeah. is just, like, focused on ensuring that Jesus can maintain uh, sort of his, his, his trajectory. She's all about, yeah. like... Making taking care of his physical needs and like just making sure that he's like not stressed. Like I actually really so um so we'll jump all over the place. But when she's like anointing his his head and his feet and taking care of him like that, it's it, like it felt very apropos of this moment in time where we are all so fucking stressed mm-hmm. and having somebody who's just like okay, just try not to think about it. Just relax. Yeah, don't, just you know, rest out. your brain, chill out, like eat some edibles, drink some wine, watch some Jesus Christ superstar, chill the fuck out. And, and everything will be here when you wake up, but like you need to, you need to rest and recoup. And I, and I really love that nurturing part of her. Mm-hmm. And, and this is like one of the great things about this film 
is that sort of in a, a feminist hermeneutic reading of the gospels, it really is the women mm-hmm. that sort of are the true believers. And it's, it's, I think generally, um, agreed upon at this point that the, the first like Christians, the first people to really spread the gospel and the first people to really be sort of like deacons and, and priests mm-hmm. in the Christian religion, like they're or proto-Christian or whatever you want to call it, yeah. were women. Um, and it was really obvious with the character who was never introduced of, um, um, Pilate's wife. Yeah, Claudia, like yeah. I wasn't sure who she was until he mentioned her, but it was so obvious. She was like emoting so hardcore with her eyes. She was like, "Jesus, <gasps> yeah." Which I is, know, you know, yeah. I know who you are and I support you, but like, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna like show you with my eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like, it's so interesting because like the movie itself, in a lot of ways, is so spare. Mm-hmm. And so when they put in those details, yeah, like it's it's for a reason for like yeah. a really explicit reason and yeah having claudia in there and the and where she appears and when she appears and what mm-hmm. she's doing um is like it's really important to the plot but yeah yeah so you you sort of have um these these three people who have different understandings of what's going on right. that's sort of like the main the main thing one of the things one of the critiques i have about the portrayal of mary magdalene is that um all of the main characters uh that have speaking roles Peter, Judas. Yeah. Everybody else is yeah. concerned about the sociopolitical aspects yes. of what's going on. They're always they're all mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. really aware of sort of the, the greater context. Yeah. Mary Magdalene doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. Like like we don't know if she knows about sort of the, the greater stuff that's going on or she doesn't, but mm-hmm. she she's only focused on Jesus mm-hmm. to the exclusion of everything else. Which including her own well being. Yeah. Which yeah. I think is yeah, which I don't know. I find that kind of frustrating. Yeah, in terms of like gendered portrayals, where the idea is like women are more nurturing and de- like so that that does bother me. But also like I I appreciate her practicality because Judas mm-hmm. is like going like he's he, an idealist. He, yeah, for and sure. he's he's like he's like um, you shouldn't be using this oil on him. It's too expensive. We could feed the poor. Like this actually okay. So a lot of this really resonated with me um, because it really reflects a lot of the purity politics that happen in activism. Right. So the idea that like, okay, tone it down. Don't be too radical because you're going to attract too much attention. You're getting people's hopes up too much. Um, Don't behave in this way. Like don't, you you cannot relax. You cannot rest. You cannot be pampered because the resources um, and perhaps the funds that, that allow you to do that uh, could be better used in this other way. Right. Like you need to lead this really aesthetic, like, how do you say that? Not aesthetic. Ascetic. Ascetic. Ascetic lifestyle. I've never said it out loud. Yeah. Ascetic lifestyle where you're just like, you know, it's like the idea of who is, ra- who is grassroots. In order to be grassroots, and it changes all the time, you have to be living in poverty. You have to be uneducated because education is colonization. You have to be, um, you know, undergoing all sorts of violence all the time, um, you know, and, 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 you, and you just have to like, like constantly need and want because you don't have. Yeah. Because and, everything you have see, goes elsewhere. I find that really interesting because then... At the same time, there's this flip side where you get these sort of armchair radical mm-hmm. hypocrites, mm-hmm. which I think Jesus embodies a lot of that. Yeah. He's like, everybody has to, because, you know, a big part of Jesus' thing is that he he has his disciples um, give up their livelihoods to come and join him. Yeah. Right? So you have, like, Matthew, who is a, I think he's a money lender or an accountant or something. Um 
Jesus makes him give give that up. Um, a lot of like a bunch of the disciples are uh, fishermen. Okay. Yeah. Um, he makes them give those up to, right. so that he like they can live in poverty together, right? Because yeah. all you need is God, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and at one point, and they don't show this in the film. This happens, I think, directly before the film starts. Jesus goes into the desert for forty days into a quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've heard about that right? recently. Forty because, days. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, you know, and then he comes back and all of a sudden they're using this sort of like in, indescribably expensive oil to take care of him. Nobody else is getting this oil, oh, but yeah, he yeah. is, right? Yeah. So he's, he's sort of got this like celebrity leader right. thing going on while he's, you know, sort of hypocritically telling everyone that they need to oh live my God, in poverty. That's so that's so, so part like it, religion, but also activism. Absolutely. In so many points. And yeah. so, yeah. And, and so Judas is sort of yeah. calling him out on this be, yeah. and he's sort of the only one that can because they've been so intimate for so long. Yeah. And so, like, but but I also think what you're saying is totally true, mm-hmm. right? But this film is holding both of these things in this yeah. incredibly complex way. Yeah, it is. Well, it is. It's a struggle, right? Like, totally. Like, and I and I and love it's that. not resolved. No, which it's is so it totally great. isn't yeah. because it's like so. Judas is like representing this really like hardcore. Um, you know, if if we're gonna do it, we have to be very idealist. We have to stick to our principles, like this sort of purity politics. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is, is sort of like, okay, well, um, yeah, but and and, yeah. and and I need this to like keep well. Um, and he's also like, I mean, part of it is like I need this to keep well, but he's also like he he's the one that like legitimately knows he's the son of God. Yeah, he's the yeah. only one that does. Mary gets the closest. Yeah. But everybody else, like Judas, doesn't think he's the son of God yeah. until after. Well, he keeps saying like you're just, he's just a man. He's yeah, just a man until later. Yeah. But like Jesus knows, and so he's yeah. like, "Look, I'm about to fucking get tortured to death." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let me have this moment, please. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that and, and and okay, and so there is another part, like like bring it back to activism is knowing like, you know, um, when people do frontline work that they face uh, really intense violence. They not not just like the physical violence of police in the moment, but also the ongoing violence of lawsuits and things that just like totally mm-hmm. disrupt their lives, and everything that, that 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 brings. You can't you know if you if you catch a charge, you can't you know you can't travel anymore. You can't uh, have a firearm. Yeah. You might you, know? you might have you might uh, not be able to associate. Yeah, with or people. mask up or like talk or to anybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it really it really does isolate and 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 sort of like. Um, make you less effective as a person. So if you know that that's sort of the trajectory you're on, you can be like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'm going to enjoy a little bit of this right now. Yeah. It's well. Yeah. But I mean, but that's also sort of what Judas is kind of warning against. Yeah. We need to, we need to keep ourselves safe from this kind of scrutiny, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which I, I don't know. I just, I I find it also interesting. Um, that they're 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 sort of they're able to do this through song, yeah. Um, yeah. But also through a lot of uh, sort of the, the visuals, yeah. Um, and then of course you have the disciples who are sort of this, you know, they never really become anything more than this sort of clueless group of cronies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like they're sort of these semi sycophantic. Like they just want to be led. Yeah, the only one that ends up being named and and, and show like if you if, unless you're really I think maybe if you're super super aware of all this stuff you might be able to identify. There's like folks. there's like there's a couple of hints, but yeah. there's not yeah. But like so Peter is named. It's like Peter, you're gonna deny me, and you know stuff like that. Um, but okay, so going back to Mary Magdalene, um, I think her character is very interesting because she's all about like uh, you know wanting f- trying to figure out how to support him, and she's she's also risking a lot by associating with him. You know, even though she's, like, in this, like, you know, she's a prostitute, she's in this p- profession, they're, like, 
nobody respects, and Judas is kind of a shitty to her because, I don't know, like, he mm-hmm. is jealous of her closeness with Jesus. That's but, my reading. Yeah, I, no, honestly, yeah, it really <laughs> yeah. seemed that way. He was like, no, I, we were buds first, or lovers, or whatever, and yeah. you're like, you're getting in the way, like... Um, and, and you're, and you're supporting him in and allowing him to like be self-destructive. Mm-hmm. Um, but her, her sort of like turmoil internally with like, how do I support him? Do I love him as a man or do I love him as the son of God? Yeah. And like, how do I, how, how do I sort of like, you know, make sense of those two needs was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, also she's just a great singer. Yeah. Okay, but she, I think she's the most famous one in the movie. From I mean, I like I wasn't around in the seventies. I don't yeah. know. Um, but I do. I think she she like one of her songs was on the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Okay, maybe that's why. Okay, so, uh, so halfway like, through, she's pretty well known. The movie, I was like, I know this song. It's the one where yeah. he's like, uh, she's, I don't know how to yeah. love him. And I got this sick, uh, sort of like deja vu because of this wine. That is one of my ex's favorite songs. And I remember him playing no. it and being like that. And I was like, what? What are you even talking? I didn't know what the... Oh, yes, yeah, from Jesus Christ Superstar. Da, da, da. I don't know that... I, I, I don't think he's ever actually watched a movie, but the song was very popular for a while. And so I just... I was just like, Ugh. Like, I like the song, but also, Ugh, I hate you so much. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That infuriates me. I know. And I... How dare? So I like... Because I was like, why have I heard this before? Like, I was like, maybe somebody sang it at karaoke. No. 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 It was my ex. My ex sang it. And also... Played this song. Is my second least favorite song. Okay. Good. In the film. All right. I actually like... He doesn't even have good Jesus Christ Superstar taste. Wow. Because I, I was listening to it. I was just like so taken with it. And then I'm like, wait, I hate this song. And I hate everything associated with my ex. It's okay to hate everything associated with your ex. It totally is. It really is. Also, he doesn't deserve a single second of Jesus Christ Superstar. I know. I don't, what is he even getting out I, of it? I don't know. Whatever. We drank the fucking wine. It was great. Yeah, we did. Fuck we you. fucking did. I'm you not straight that you. shit through your teeth. Yes. Because it was so good. Okay, so we've okay, so we done Heaven on Their Minds. We've got What's the Buzz. Oh, What's the Buzz? So, Also, you should have seen Molly was singing along so hard. I was singing silently. I know, but you which were like, was really you were doing the motions. It was like, it was so funny. I was trying not to be distracted, but you were like doing the motions and stuff. And I was like, trying not to distract you. It was so great. It was so great. I was like, wow, Molly really loves this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really love this also, movie. Also, this is going to be a super long episode. Fucking deal with it. Yeah. You're in quarantine. What the fuck this, are you going to do? This is our moment. This is our moment. This is what, this, we're doing this for us. We have never addressed religion and, and the religious no. differences between us on the podcast. So you are welcome. I mean, one of the things that I love about our religious differences is that they're not in no. conflict. No, we don't really care. It's just we're like, it's fine. I whatever. think it's every, every little thing that you teach me about Christianity makes me laugh so hard because it's so Because it's always absurd. so absurd. I know. And that's why I love, the things that I love about Christianity are the ridiculous things about it. And there's so many. I think I would have gotten into it younger, except I would have been pedantic about it. So maybe I need to come to it now as an adult and just be like, wow, that's wild. The nice thing about Christianity it's like 2,000 years of just like, there's so much to cho- and like so much of it is fucking hilarious. It's so ridiculous. Like, I'm for sorry, example, I, I, I'm not like, I am not denigrating anybody's belief. No, at all. At all. Like, not. I totally 100%, 100% respect other people's religious beliefs and, and, I, and, I, and I want them to have all the freedom to believe those things. I just like look at this as a complete outsider and I'm like, wow. This is wild. And that's one of the things... I love the fact that you are a complete outsider. <laughs> like, I... 
Like, you couldn't, like, you and your kids. Like, this could not happen except with, like, active effort, which I appreciate so much. But not on my part. It was all on no, my I parents' part because, like... But it's also on your part. Well, uh, maybe. Because you... Well, I mean, you didn't put your kids in Catholic school until, until recently. Yeah. Until you were one kid. But also, she, she wanted that. Was it an option in Montreal? Do they have Catholic? I can't remember. I, I, I feel like they've... I had no idea. I don't know. I have no idea. So, yeah. My, one, of my, one of my kids wanted to go to a Catholic school. So, I've got one kid... I've actually got two kids in Catholic school. Um... If you're not from Alberta, you may not know. I think Ontario does this too, but we have like a we have a, a publicly funded public system, which used wow, to I be, assume that everybody did that. No, 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 oh. it's not. I know. I've recently found out <laughs> which used to be a Protestant system, and it's not anymore. It's it's nominally like not public, yeah, yeah. not religious. Publicly. But we also have a publicly funded Catholic system, which is super Catholic. And and like I said, I think Ontario does this, and I'm not sure anybody else does. Mm. So I just assumed that all schools in Quebec were Catholic, I think. Uh, yeah. But I mean, no, but they're clearly they, not. No, because they you, weren't. Your kids were like, who is this Moses character? <laughs> well, the, the English Montreal School Board, um, and I think there's one in uh, Verdun as well. Mm. There's a couple of them that they used to be Protestant, but they're not. But now they're secular. Right, that makes sense in Verdun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, anyway, the point is, um, I have a daughter who is now, well, they're shut down, but went into Catholic school and started taking these religion courses and was finding them very useful. Like there was this section where they taught them about different um, ways of like different love languages, like different ways of, of, of showing love, mm. which I think is actually more from a self-help book than yes, maybe based 100%. on whatever. But anyway, she, she's been finding it very interesting. Total outsider as well. She's like, she doesn't know anything about, Catholicism so they go to mass and she doesn't know what to do and she's like kind of embarrassed and then interestingly enough one of my youngest daughters goes to a Catholic school as well but the reason I chose that school is because it's one of the few schools in the city that has an indigenous focus so because like I've said before like indigenous spirituality is often misconstrued as religion right capital Mm -hmm. R religion and because we try we pretend that we're in this secular society it's like Okay, so we can't teach indigenous spirituality in the secular system because it's religion, you know, so we can't smudge, we can't talk about, like, teachings, we can't have, like, you know, we can't do prayers and stuff like that, but, like, indigenous people love their prayers, they love their their ceremony, and so Catholic schools allow us to do that. Yeah, Catholic, Catholicism is, like, deeply into ritual. Yeah, so, like, I went to our, our, I went to our, like, um, our Christmas concert back before everything was shut down, and it was, like, it was so great. It was the most... Like, it was like everybody's Cree uncle was there playing on a Casio keyboard, like these hymns. And then there were all these like young kids singing like a grandmother's song with their like little cookum scarves and their little rattles. And the song went on for like 30 minutes as they do. (laughs) And it was so brilliant. And it was just like, yes. So if I have to send my kid to a Catholic school so that she can access, she can smudge. Like my kid knows how to smudge from school, like all of this stuff. I will send them there. Yeah. Like if the if the public schools cannot respect my culture, then all right, I will send them wherever it is. Well, that's just it. Like, but like, yeah, like this. She's got to learn about Jesus. Just some, she like, gets a smudge. That's cool. Is yeah. is just a myth, right? Mm-hmm. It is. It's that secular Christianity. So you can either have the secular Christianity that is going to exclude absolutely everything, yeah, cultural, yeah. except as like in this vague, like hyper superficial sort of multicultural. Yeah, you know, everything's like great. Bring your bring your bring your food. Pot. You know, maybe share your music. But yeah. yeah, in yeah. the Catholic dance, they like yeah. they straight up teach about like Buddhism and 
you know, well, that's Islam. And I think, you know, it's, 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 I think it's sort of that, it's that white guy thing. Yeah. Right. It's like, uh, it, like white guys, um, like white men often behave better because they're not threatened. Mm-hmm. Catholicism, not threatened. Yeah. True, true, true. Yeah. You know, like, like, yeah, they can bring in other things. They can do the syncretism stuff. Like, yeah. not threatened. Yeah. So what, why the fuck not? Um, what's the buzz? Um, yeah, the, the disciples just, they just want to be led. Yeah. And, and Jesus is like, well, why, why should you want to know? You clearly are superficial assholes. Yeah. Okay. So here's where I was saying Jesus seems totally passive aggressive. So he's totally. complaining all the time. He's like, are you going to even remember me? You know, do you, do you actually love me? Blah, blah, blah. And, and but I mean, but I think, but I think he's also pointing to the fact that they don't, right? No, it's I like, think it's legit. A big part of it is like everybody's projecting what they want onto him, right? Everybody's doing it. Okay, but um, the, but, but at the Last Supper, it was super weird, where he was like, so you know the whole thing with the drinking his blood, needing his body thing. Okay, so that's always been a weird part of Catholicism for me. See, but, and that like that wasn't that I didn't never saw that as weird until my first year of university, where I was at the University of Calgary. Um, and taking uh, religious studies. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm a religious studies minor. No, I never. I because I grew up with it. I never thought it was weird. And then uh, the professor explained transubstantiation, mm-hmm. and you could see every single non-Catholic in the room losing their shit. Yeah, <laughs> just it's losing totally it. weird. And I was like, oh, that is kind of weird. So everybody's like, so you're cannibalizing Jesus. And the prof was like, well, not exactly. <laughs> not exactly, like, but yes. But also, like, but they were like, but you're literally transforming the bread into Jesus's body. And the prof was like, well, yeah. And but is it like a zombie Jesus? Like, is it like you're eating <laughs> yeah, Jesus's butt? And like the, yeah. It, yeah. And I was just like, wow. Well, because I always look this at it as bizarre. Like, sorry, I'm eating sauerkraut soup. Not sorry. It's not um, so if you hear me like clicking, duh, that's what I'm doing. Slurping. Um, okay. So... I always look at it as, again, as an outsider. I'm like, okay, mm. but how would our practices be viewed, right? And so, like, I think about a lot of elder brother stories and the things that happen there. And I think about, like, how people would be like, whoa, like, you think your cultural hero does this? Like, oh, that's totally gross. And, like, what okay, about but to you, be fair, like, like the cannibal, the cannibalism yeah. thing, mm-hmm. like, that, that is a serious thing. Like, yeah, I, totally I am weird. legitimately kind of... So, like so, so I grew up like the, the Catholic tradition I grew up in was a really sort of like mainstream Catholic tradition, not I would say at all an indigenous Catholic tradition. So I don't know how in, like it's sort of indigenous communities view it, but like I think particularly on the prairies mm-hmm. with with the intense taboos against cannibalism, like yeah. I actually am really interested mm-hmm. and sort of surprised that people are so okay with that. <laughs> That's a good point, it's actually. So, yeah, I, I, and we, I honestly we just don't do. know. We have such intense traditions about, like, and stories about cannibalism and ways of dealing with it. So I, I just figure that folks are like, well, it's metaphoric, you know? But like, I mean, yeah, but, that, but that's so interesting because, like, it's metaphoric in other, like, Protestantism. Yeah. Like, um, true, true. there's transubstantiation and transconstantiation. Yeah. And transconstantiation is sort of like um, the, the essence of Jesus sort of surrounds the wine and surrounds the bread. Okay. <laughs> um, but it doesn't literally become that. Mm-hmm. Right. But in transubstantiation, it's a, it's a literal transformation. This is wild. Yeah. Like there's actual words for differences in this. I mean, 2000 <laughs> years, so many, so much time. 
you know, okay, you know, our tradition's like, been around for like tens of thousands of years. Totally. But we don't have, we, I guess. And they're all, like, and we, we ended up with like, fuck this cannibalism shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, I, yeah. So I wonder if there are like, I mean, there's definitely been, um, really intense. Uh, so coming from a Cree Métis background, really intense religious folks, indigenous folks, who must have grappled with that, I guess. Totally. Like, um, you'd, you'd have to. Like, I, can, I can't I can imagine hmm. anything but absolute horror at the yeah. first, you know, like, niche, Cree, yeah. Soto person sitting in... Learning this from the Jesuits. Yeah. Could you imagine? Like... That would be pretty wild. Yeah. And, and you know, and but, I mean, you, you hear all sorts of stories about, you know, hmm. um, sort of the 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 barbarism of mm-hmm. the settlers, right? And the ways in which our people were like, this is totally fucked up. Like, what do we do um, with these, these, you know? But that's the thing about Christianity, too, is there's so much, like, um, intellectual writing about it and, like, different yeah. opinions and stuff. So, you know, other than uh, uh, Vine Deloria Jr., I can't, I can't think of any, like, really notable sort of theologians or theologians 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 oh my god which i know wow so unlikely english is so weird okay theologians like indigenous theologians who would have like because Mm -hmm. those are really the people that would that would sort of take these these sort of like two traditions and 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 reconcile them right so like find deloria jr is like a particularly famous one but i maybe i just don't know because i'm not religious maybe there are some very well-known indigenous folks or yeah or just you know like um or maybe you know like we mentioned uh paul garot like he's a trained theologian Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. he might be somebody to ask about that Mm -hmm. um because i mean it's got to be out there right because people do reconcile it yeah you know and then so like that initial shock like and i i don't know i don't know how people decided initially to sort of explain that but i but yeah no that and do I care enough to look? That no. taboo. No, absolutely so, not. Maybe I'll bring it up in conversation with Paul one time. Maybe. Who knows? What I find interesting about this movie, however, mm. is so Jesus is such a whiny little bitch. He's sitting mm-hmm. there at the Last Supper, which is so obviously the Last Supper because they, they do that like freeze frame They thing. do the Leonardo da Vinci Last Supper recreation. Right. Where I wrote down Leonardo DiCaprio which and just laughed. <laughs> I was like, laughed. Hee, hee, hee. Yeah, yeah. I, I just fucking laughed my ass off when I was mm-hmm. 15 at that, when I saw that. I just lost it. Okay, so I know that at Edmund. But he's like, okay, so he's talking to them and he's kind of like, you know, they're eating and they're and they're feasting and they're and they're being merry. And he's kind of he's super passive aggressive. He's like, you know, for all you care, this wine could be my blood, this bread could be my body. Like, you ungrateful fucks. Do you even care? You yeah, know? But, but, that's but then like, it becomes this thing where they mm-hmm. like they become closer to him. Like, remember me this way. But but like so he, he, he ends with that, like, remember me this way. But it starts off, I felt like he was, like, complaining, like, you guys don't even really appreciate what I do for you. Do you even actually care about me as a person or just what I'm doing for you? Yeah, right? or just what you think I'm doing. Yeah, which I thought was really legit. Like, yeah. for anybody who does that sort of, like, like intense activist work who tries to, like, change things, it's like, do you actually give a shit about that person? Um you know, or are you just like willing to piggyback on the work, on the labor that they've done? I find it so interesting that you're putting Jesus in this role of this activist mm-hmm. because in the film he never actually does anything. Well, except when he he goes into the market and he, and he throws shit around. There's that. I guess like there's that. But they don't really put that into much of a context. And there's a, right? there's the lepers, but yeah, no. But there's there's the socio political background of the film is there's a Roman occupation. 
Uh, there's sort of competing interests between the Romans and the Pharisees and then sort of Jesus as like this grassroots and you're not entirely sure what he does. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it doesn't really matter what he does yeah. because you're supposed to come into it sort of knowing the story. Yeah, we don't listen to any of his sermons or any of that. Like no. people just love him. And yeah, there's, there's no yeah. Sermon on the Mount shit. Yeah. Like yeah. even even sort of the, the crowd of 50,000 after Palm Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, which is the Simon Zelotti song. Oh, okay, um, where they're like... And they're really dancing. Um, You know, like, but there's no real sort of uh, context Mm -hmm. because it kind of doesn't matter because it's not about that. It's about the relationships, I guess, which is such a sort of an interesting idea of how to frame a Jesus film is like the politics are almost, he's sort of this, I don't want to say he's a pawn in the politics because it's very much about his will. He chooses mm-hmm. to behave the way yeah, that he and does. he knows what's going to happen to him. But it's not about what his ministry is yeah. at all. Well, I think, okay, so I don't come, I don't, obviously don't come at this as a total outsider because mm. no, you, you cannot because escape you in Western society. In Canada, yeah. yeah. You cannot escape some of this information. It's like literally everywhere. Like the fact that my parents were able to shield me as much as they did is amazing. But, so I guess I do really like... My understanding of Jesus, um, coming from my my parents, like not my wider family, because we never talk about religion, um, ever, is is like the idea that Jesus was an activist, like mm-hmm. that he was like he was like he was advocating against oppression, and he was doing these things, and he was killed for it, and so like that's kind of how I think of him. Like when when I think about like respecting other people's religions. Clearly, I have to have my own ideas about, like, unless, unless it's a religion that I really know nothing about, that I'm just like, okay, I have no opinions. But, like, when it comes to Christianity, because we're so, like, just, it's everywhere, right? You, you cannot escape it. So my, my impression of Jesus has come from the idea that, like, he was somebody who did maybe exist, who was persecuted for their views, um, and murdered because they were like pushing back against oppression. So I can kind of see it in that way, like as a as a as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's which about, I think as far is, as it goes. is honestly sort of like speaking strictly from sort of the facts. Mm-hmm. Like historically, Jesus existed. He was crucified. He had some kind of influence, and like, I can believe clearly. that. Yeah, and I that's, can believe all that. You know, that's approximately as far as it goes historically. Yeah. Everything else is sort of. As far as I know, anyways, mm-hmm. reading into that. Again, yeah, I don't yeah. want fucking emails about this. Um, <laughs> but, you know, what Jesus Christ Superstar does, and I th- like my guess is that it's one of the first films to do this work. Like, as I, as I mentioned before, there, there, there were plays on this. There were books sort of written about this. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of text mm-hmm. sort of around uh, who Jesus was, why he did what he did, what exactly he did how things, you know, et cetera. But Jesus Christ Superstar was one of the first films that really sort of took the doctrine and really started to turn it on its head. Hmm. And so okay. it, it, like in some way it is a really subversive film, legitimately yeah. subversive. So did um, that only happened like in the seventies? Like, wasn't there something, was there anything prior to that? Like where there was a really like subversive take on it? Like, I, I mean, know, I'm, the I'm, not, 1800s I'm or, not entirely sure. The, honestly, the only thing I've seen sort of prior to that was there was this movie with an early James Dean. I have the VHS. I don't even know how I got it. I think I saw it at a thrift store. Um, there was a movie with James Dean in one of his very early roles. I think he played, he played Paul or okay. James or something. Mm-hmm. Um, or John, maybe. Uh, that sort of was a crucifixion movie. Sort mm-hmm. of like a made-for-TV sort of whatever. In, I think in the 60s or 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually don't know when James Dean was really alive. Uh, <laughs> 
same scene. It was black and white. I don't know. figure. Yes. Uh, anyway, yeah. So I saw that, and that was like a straight up sort of like classic doctrinal telling. Okay. Um, but again, like Jesus Christ Superstar caused a real stir when it came out. Um, like the, the literal bishop yeah. forbid people from seeing it. But at the same time, it is a very sort of like scripturally accurate portrayal of yeah. sort of the last week up until, you know, the crucifixion. Is it just like bitching because Judas was portrayed in a more sympathetic light or? Uh, so, I mean, there's that. Like mm-hmm. Judas is very much the main character. He's arguably the most complex character yes. in this film. Um, but it's also like a lot of the big villains are um, also not terrible. Not villainized. Yeah. Yeah. Like Pontius Pilate. Like, the that whole, was the first time I'd ever seen Pontius Pilate sort of have, you know, sort of a an interiority. Yeah, that, that back and forth between him and the king was interesting because mm-hmm. they're like, neither of them wanted to deal with the situation. Well, so that that is very scriptural, right? Like, Jesus gets sent back, yeah. sent yeah. back and forth because, uh, you know, the Pharisees, um, under Jewish law, they can't kill him. Mm-hmm. Or under or Pharisee yeah. law. Right, I, there's, I no, there's no law to yeah, yeah. execute him. There is no yeah. law to put a man right. to death. Um, so, so they do. There is that back and forth. That mm-hmm. That is a scriptural thing that happens. Um, but there's no sort of... Like, like, the way that I was taught, it was sort of they're passing the buck. So I thought it was interesting. So you have this portrayal of Pontius where he's like, I don't really want to kill this guy. He's never, he hasn't done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus' own people are like, no, we need you to crucify him. Yeah. Um, which, is, which is scriptural, right? And they're, look, one of the details that they leave out um, that's sort of in the, the story, and I can't remember if it's in the the scripture it might be in it might be in john it might be in the other ones i'm not, i can't remember um but there is a, another prisoner that pontius pilate brings out uh named barabbas oh okay yeah and barabbas i, th- I he's a th- i know him from shakespeare yeah he's, okay. a, he's a thief maybe or, or something he does some shitty thing yeah um or something that the the state the roman state deems is shitty um and so pontius pilate is like okay we can let this like convicted criminal go yeah you know, like this is this is a Roman tradition. We can let this guy go, or we can let Jesus go. You choose. Right, One right, of them's right. getting crucified. Yeah. Either this Jesus guy, who's like pretty much innocent, uh, or this Barabbas guy, who's definitely committed crimes. Mm-hmm. And the crowd chooses to let Barabbas go. Interesting. Or Barabbas. I don't know. Barabbas. Barabbas. Barabbas, is like, Barabbas that's, whatever. That's how they pronounce it in uh, Passion of the Christ. Interesting. Um, well, I, so, so, okay, bring it back to like... But they leave that out. Real politics. Mm-hmm. I, I find that very interesting because I do think that there is a tendency among people, particularly like with this sort of purity politics, to be willing to sacrifice people who are doing really on-the-ground work in order to save the wider public. 100%. So like the way that the way that we can turn on one another mm. and just be like, okay, well, yeah, fuck that person. They're actually not, you know, they're not politically pure. So fuck them, um, to save yeah. like, the wider, you know, like, yeah. Did you see what they said in 2010? Did you yeah. see what they said in 2013? Did you see what they said in 2017? Yeah. Go ahead. Fuck that person. You know? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I'm totally anti-carceral and I'm totally this and that. But like when it comes to this person, they suck so bad. Yeah. Even though they're, 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 they're like from your own community, like mm-hmm. our, our willingness to offer one another up as sort of sacrifice for the quote unquote greater good. And, is, and also is, for our own purity. Yeah. For our own purity. I am not going to associate with this person right. because. Yeah. We see it again and again and again. And in this need to like, sort of like reinvent people in the past as impure, as wrong, you know? Yeah. It's, it's definitely disturbing and, 
I don't know if it, like, I don't know. I don't know. But it's also like, you know, and, and a big part of this movie is sort of about this idea of celebrity. Like, mm-hmm. what is this idea? And that's, you know, that's what Judas is sort of warning about throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Is, you know, if you get too big, you're going to fall. And Jesus is like, you don't actually know me. What are you actually supporting? Is it me yeah. or this, right? Yeah. And, and and that's the thing, too, is like Jesus, to a certain he knows what's going to happen. You see that he well, knows he, what's going yeah, to happen. Yeah, well, I mean, he knows what's going to happen. Then he goes up and he asks God for proof for a vision of what's going to actually yeah. happen. Is this going to be worth it? Yeah. Like and then, I know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. But is it, and, but the only thing God shows him is suffering. Which yeah. Really all those paintings of the crucifixion. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really interesting. And then, and then Jesus is like, all right, okay, if that's what I got to do, I'm going to do yeah. that. But, but I mean, like, but that's interesting. Like, like I've always found that part of the movie so like bananas. how can you see that and be like, yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah, because they don't show sort of any of the the good stuff that comes right. out of Catholicism, which like you know, as as much as it's been sort of an imperialist, like incredibly violent force, yeah, it also is like we don't we don't really talk about Christianity as as being something that's incredibly fulfilling for s- billions of people. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about it as something that's strictly imperialist, controlling, oppressive, blah blah blah, and it is like and and you know. We can hold both of those realities. It's yeah, also yeah. fulfilling, inspiring, motivating. Like, you know, I'm thinking about my grandmother who's like a fucking saint. Like, just the most incredible woman mm-hmm. who is so deeply Catholic. and But she's so deeply Catholic in a way that's not that sort of prescriptive evangelical yeah. Christianity that you're talking about. Yeah. And she, she, like, really, she digs into the actual text and she finds... You know, it's about inspiring you to be a good person. Well, that's that's the wild that. thing is that that you can have such have, a range of interpretations mm. where you're 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 literally supporting these megalomaniac, like xenophobic, horrible people who, in the name of religion, will do X, Y, and Z, anything. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. then you also have these people who are like, okay, but the original intention of any world religion is ba- basically like anti-oppressive. Anti-colonial, yeah, you know, and particularly like, you can read that, you know, as, yeah. as you mentioned, like you can read that so strongly onto Jesus, particularly in some of the Gospels, yeah. that he very much is this sort of like, you know, anti, anti-oppressive, anti-imperialist resistance figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I find so interesting about this movie is that you have, so you have Judas on the one side being play it safe, and you have Simon Zelotes on the other side, who's sort of like, you know, add a touch of hate at Rome. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. let's, you know, take this influence that you've gathered into yourself and turn it into something that's militantly anti-imperialist. Right. And Jesus is like, nah. Yeah. Because my mission is so much bigger than this. Right, right. Right? And which I think, you know, from obviously a materialist standpoint, you're not necessarily going to make that call. Yeah. Um, But it it is a really interesting move that the movie decided to make. And, like, you know, to a certain extent, they have to follow the scripture. And right, obviously right, right. Jesus doesn't lead, like, an anti-imperialist yeah, army against yeah, Rome. Yeah. Um, he hopes that his martyrdom will lead to some, you know, some sort of, like, well, awakening. I mean, I don't think it necessarily does, right? Because he says to conquer death, you only have to die. Yeah, but, like... Right? Like, Christianity... But he doesn't... He, I, he cannot... I, I don't believe that, like... I mean, even if we're just going by that movie, right? Like, he cannot... Get, so he goes up... He asks God to show him what's going to happen. God shows him a, a series of paintings of suffering of his own crucifixion. Yeah. He can't just look at that and be like, cool, that sounds good. I'm going to do that. <laughs> like, he's got to be like, okay, that's what I have to endure for this wider thing. This wider happen. thing, but the, we don't see what the wider no, thing is. No, we don't. It, and the movie think, doesn't give us that. But I think that what the movie is trying to do is to position us 
in such a way as we're able to see what that future is, right? Because one of the other sociopolitical contexts in which the movie is being made and why there's so much uh, imagery around this is that it's the Vietnam War. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's the early 70s. It's the Vietnam War. We have tanks. We have jet planes. Yeah. Guns. Yeah, that was interesting throughout the movie. So if you haven't seen this, is like I, I kept being surprised because there was like this sort of like juxtaposition of like ancient times and modernity so there were like these planes and tanks and yeah yeah things like that so it was very clearly meant to be yeah and it's all brought in right and so it's it's the movie is being filmed sort of in the midst of you know sort of a particularly american crisis right and the and the you know the musicals being written at the same time yeah um during this this incredible sort of crisis of like a particularly american identity right america's having to grapple with possibly for the first time its own sort of imperialist tendencies right because they don't consider what they're doing to indigenous peoples imperialism no 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 um, yeah it's only later yeah it's only as, later as, on. as they sort of globalize yeah and the body count yeah. mounts and this and that um and so so it's very much sort of like as a, a 70s viewer i think you're supposed to read so much into it yeah that you know i think as a 2020 viewer maybe yeah, yeah. like i think there's a lot you can get out of it now too yeah um particularly because like you know uh 2001 or 2003 or whatever they started this fucking war that's still going on and, yeah, yeah. and um but you know so they're you know, it's speaking simultaneously to sort of the so like the context, the sociopolitical context. The movie itself spends so much time and care building, yeah. But then it also wants you to read that into your greater context, which is where I think your your understanding of Jesus as sort of this activist figure is such a potent reading of it. Mm. Uh, I wonder. Oh, okay, so the I, I'm thinking about my other religious influences are liberation theologists. Mm-hmm. In Latin America, so mm-hmm. uh, I got—I actually got in a lot of. I almost got expelled from school in grade five for That's writing awesome. for writing a for writing an essay about uh, American interventionism in Latin America. Love I just that. went to the library and I found a bunch of stuff, and I was like, "Oh my god, why is anybody <laughs> talking about this?" Right? You were like Galliano. You were like eleven years old reading. Galliano. Yes. Well, seriously, <laughs> and, and you know, I mean, like the this was this was around the times um, that the you know the Sandinistas were still active, right? And yeah, things like that. This was like in the thick of the Reagan era. And I was like, I was, I was sort of like critiquing this. And, and I'm sure Reaganomics was huge oh, in Alberta. Man. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's wild. It's wild to think about it now. Um, but yeah, so like, so I did learn about liberation theology and the way in which, um, so, you know, uh, Archbishop Romero and like all of these like Latin American, like militant sort of activists were, were taking up Catholicism in particular in a way mm. that was very focused on revolution and change and justice and anti-oppression without knowing without any like of the undergirding understanding <laughs> of the theology right jesus chris <laughs> jesus chips what do i was, yeah so it's it's so weird it's so weird to slowly throughout my my adult life learn more about christianity because oh it, God, it's sort of like your relationship to christianity <laughs> is my relationship to the movie Spaceballs. <laughs> really yeah wait you didn't love it from the beginning no i did but you didn't understand so my, it? No, I didn't understand because <gasps> I was like I was like seven or eight years old. My uncle used to watch it with us when okay. we'd, we'd go over for sleepovers, and 
you know, I laughed because he thought it was funny and he was cool. He's like, cool yeah, yeah, uncle, yeah. you know, so I wanted to be like, I get it. I get it. Oh my God. But like, as I've gotten older and have gotten more into sci-fi, that's when I start really understanding uh, the references and the movie becomes more and more genius. Okay. I love that. And so I love that. That is you okay. with Christianity. That's great. Because that's, I really, I really do want to keep my relationship with Christianity like your relationship with Spaceballs. I'm not going to suddenly become religious but I do appreciate I mean, the I, story. I do deeply love Spaceballs. Yeah, no, like, totally. I'm deeply aligned with Spaceballs. I appreciate the story. I appreciate the interpretations. I appreciate the way that certain people have taken up Christianity. I revile the way that other people have taken up Christianity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's very interesting that... I could see some terrible readings of Spaceballs. Yeah, Absolutely. that all of those things could be taken up. Uh, I don't think that people are going to do necessarily or justify the same things uh, with a poor reading of Spaceballs. <laughs> but anyway, Spaceballs doesn't have the same kind of reach. <laughs> Okay, I am certain that we are at the two-hour mark. Like, we must be at this Okay, point. okay, what? So do, okay, is there what anything is there? that you really want to focus on for Jesus Christ Superstar, the best movie ever. <laughs> um, there's so much. There's honestly, there's so much. We've talked about Claudia. We've talked about Pontius Pilate. Um, oh my God, that one scene... With the King King Herod? Herod. Yeah. Okay, okay. Incredible. So this is, this is where I, I wasn't sure. So um, <laughs> you have to see some of the some of the costumes the um the pharisees and the council they have these hilarious big hats they're like, they're like pleather like onions i can't can you imagine wearing that oh, in the so heat hot. of the desert I but they were also just... okay so they're wearing the like the the two like sort of like main priests or whatever were wearing these square um, things with bejeweled things on their chest. Yeah, like, like very BDSM. Almost like chest. Yeah. So much of this, like, remember Pontius Pilate in that last scene, he's wearing this real oh, yeah. leather he's, chest piece. Yes. I was like, that is a, that is a harness. Sir. I know. It is totally a harness. What is and going on? <laughs> so he's got this like, so the, the, the priests have these hilarious, huge onion hats and capes and I was just, and leather pants. It's like yes. there's there's so much there's so much 70s sexiness. Yeah. So the head the head priest, I was like, oh, is that King Herod? Because I'd like read about oh, him okay. in Last Temptation of Christ. So right. I was like, okay, so this must be. But then but then we finally see him doing his little like shimmy dance. Song and dance. Yeah, and everybody's so 70s disco dressed, and it's amazing. Yeah. And he's like King of the Jews, eh? Show me that you're King of the Jews. It's Come just like on, King of the Jews. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And it's like sort of like this little ragtime beat, and they're yeah, it. and it's just it's and then when Judas, it's what brings it like there's like there's this one point Judas is getting chased by tanks. Yeah, he's getting like fucking jacked up by fighter jets. Jesus yeah, is wild. Takes like a uh, semi-automatic gun and fucks up like a table full of grenades. The most ridiculous scene in the whole movie is Herod singing that. <laughs> this little dance. And I don't like so brilliant. I feel like I, I like I was lucky enough I think the Catholicism I was raised with did not have that sort of those anti-Semitic overtones yeah. of like it's the Jews that killed Jesus. Right. Like oh I never God, heard I that. So yeah. Like that just it it Mm-hmm. Uh, anti-Semitism. Ugh, I hate it. Uh, it just—it doesn't make any sense. No, and it just, don't even so just don't even get into it. It's just no. fucking. And but that's bullshit. that is the one scene that I worry about because he is so he's so uber Jewish. He's so Jewish, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's it's so over the top. Yeah, I really like I I like I I don't know how Jewish people feel about it. I've never I've never thought to bring it up. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, but it's like it's 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 so sort of. 
the scene itself is so like it's so fun to watch and it's so delightful to yeah. watch. Yeah. And I and I don't think like when I watch the film, mm-hmm. I've watched the film as an adult and I, I don't see anything anti-Semitic about it. Yeah. But that's as somebody who doesn't obviously yeah. experience anti-Semitism, who doesn't know a lot about anti-Semitism. Yeah. Um but like when I've watched the film, it seems like they really position Jesus as Jewish to yeah. me. That's yeah, yeah, what yeah. that's what I read yeah. the film as. So I, I I don't know. I really yeah. It's a weird. Yeah, I, I hope definitely... there's not those overtones to it yeah. that I just I can't see. Yeah, I would definitely know? defer to, to to a Jewish person's yeah perspective totally. on that. Um, and then you have okay. So yeah, thank you for warning me by the way that Judas hangs himself because yes. I was really like. Ugh. Yeah, that's, that's who lost people to hanging. I was like, Ugh. yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's a bizarre scene because it's like as a character, he's he is possible. Like I think he's the most fleshed out character. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing too. And from then, the very beginning, I was like, okay, Judas is black. Like mm-hmm. like this was in the seventies, right? I mean, <laughs> oh, it was like, not that yeah, we're they made a like, choice. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. but that's the thing, right? So Judas is black, and does that like you know is is something being read into that as him as a traitor from the beginning I was like okay I know I know who Judas is broadly but I think the fact that he was very fleshed out was like interesting but the fact that that particular scene where he's hanging resembles a lynching so intensely that I was just like even though I was warned about it, it was intensely uncomfortable I was like eh, could we not mm. like that was a that was a weird choice um, but I mean, but, it, but it's a times, scriptural right? choice also. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's what yeah. happens in the scripture. Yeah. But I think a big part of it is like everything leading up to that is, is that he is, is being manipulated into that. And he's not being yeah. manipulated into that. You know, it's not, it's not Jesus. No. Like do it's not anybody that he, it's like, like he says explicitly, he's like, God, you know, you chose me for your crime. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not his crime, it's God's crime. Yeah. Which is, like, an incredibly, like, beautifully sort of heretical interpretation of mainstream gospel where Judas is supposed to just be this, you know, he's just supposed to be evil and slimy and this betrayer and, you know, not have any morals. Yeah. But you see, like, this whole movie builds this character of Judas who's incredibly, you know, like ethically sound person. True. Like he really knows who he is. Yeah. He knows what he wants. He he has this incredible understanding of relationality. He spends the whole movie really trying to reach people um, and reach Jesus in particular, like to understand that what he, like his interpretation of what Jesus is doing is, yeah. is really dangerous for Jesus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And ultimately his betrayal is for Jesus. Well, yeah. Right? I mean, there's moment, there's that moment again at the last supper where I thought this was, was interesting. Cause again, I was reading it through the lens of the last term temptation of Christ, which, you know, like bits and pieces that I can remember where Jesus is like, go ahead and betray me. Like you, you're going to betray me. And he's like, no, I'm not. Blah, blah. You want me to? Yeah. Yeah. I do want you to. Yeah. And he's like, okay, go, go do it. it. And he's yeah. like, well, you told me to. But like, but you know, the idea of like Jesus being martyr wouldn't have worked if Judas hadn't betrayed him, right? So yeah. like, the idea that it was destiny, that it was fate, that it was foretold, that it was something—it was a part he was he had to play, and then it being so cruel that he had to like, he had to die because of it. Like if if well, it was truly his fate, you know. Okay, so Jesus is Jesus also experiences torture and everything. Like so, this is like this is Judas's torture. Mm-hmm. It's like in order to do the right thing. He also yeah. experiences in order to save everyone. Like, yeah. what is the real sacrifice? Especially when you consider it in the context of like 
Well, who's suicide. loved and who's hated as well. well yeah, yeah, and, 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 and theologically, and then, yeah, yeah, suicide. And then, like what is considered a mortal sin. Yeah, who right? Who, who ended dies. up sacrificing more? Yeah, yeah, and that and that I think is like an incredibly sort of gnostic heretical reading mm-hmm. of sort of the standard story. Like like coming at it from sort of like just being in Catholic school and reading the Bible and going to mass. I was like, I was fucking like overwhelmed by this idea. Yeah, that you know, like, and I mean. You know, Jesus Christ takes a liberal stance insofar as it also gives Jesus sort of the will of Jesus stepping into this role as well. Because he right. does, right? Like, yeah. the idea yeah, yeah, yeah. in Catholicism is Jesus call it off at any time. Right? He can just say, yeah, know, like, well, God he could, save me. Well, because he kept I'm saying, those son. are your words. And he never yeah. defends himself. Yeah. Whereas he could have exactly. defended himself and he probably could have... And he would have gotten fine. off. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, that, that gives him a lot of agency. But but Judas is the one that really is, is the one that triggers, you know, like... Like the whole thing of yeah. everybody being able to get forgiveness and anybody being able to get into heaven, mm-hmm. that's Judas and he'll never be able to see that except in Jesus Christ Superstar, even though he commits a mortal sin and according to Dante, mm-hmm. he is in hell being gnashed in the jaws of Satan. Right. But he comes back. He comes back as an angel. He comes right. back he comes from on heaven, a cross. down the crane, yeah. on on a star. Yeah. 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 Like, and, 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 and it is. It's like a cross-shaped star. And he's, you know, he's got the fringe. He's yeah. got the angel the fringe, fringe. Yes. going on. With the angel singing with him. Yeah. And then he's taught, he's still questioning Jesus. That's yeah. the amazing thing about yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like that laugh, that Jesus Christ Superstar song completely dissenters Jesus. Jesus never responds to that. Jesus True. gets the last word in he the whole does, movie. He does get <laughs> like, the last word. Like, that's bananas. Yeah, that was an amazing scene. I was just like, oh, and we never talked about Jesus's neck looking like a Cardassian. Oh my god. His, Jesus's giant neck muscles. That was so weird. Jesus's traps are huge. Yeah, absolutely huge. That's where he keeps his rock whales. That's oh why god. That's why they, they, you know, they, they hired Ted Neely because he's got the blonde, blue-eyed, white boy Jesus mm-hmm. thing going. Mm-hmm. You know, he looks like the paintings. So they're going to do it. Number two reason they hired him is because he's got the capacity to do a rock star fucking whale that he <laughs> yeah. Yeah, keeps. Yeah, yeah. He holds and it resonates through these giant oh fucking shoulders. Like, his <laughs> neck. It is so weird. He's his like neck is white boy. I know, but he's got this ridiculous neck. I've never seen a neck like that outside of the Cardassians. It's, it's actually like... ridiculous. Once you notice it, you can't unnotice it. I know. I, I honestly hadn't noticed it until you brought it oh up. Oh my god. And then it I was, was like... so intense. And then you... Yeah, and then it's like you look at it, and then, you know, he's getting crucified, and so he's like in his, you know, yeah, Jesus like, loincloth wow. or whatever, and you're like, this neck is bigger than every other part of his body. <laughs> What's happening? Uh, <gasps> blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. It also, can we bring back the 70s fringe? Like, I just love oh, those outfits when they finally like, went to the from, floor. like... I was like, is this Judas? Is literally fringe to the Osborne. Yeah. I was like, this is this beautiful. Like, there's so much going on here yeah. in my brain. Like, you I'm just lift up a it. limb and, like, fringe everywhere. I, I know. It. Could you imagine? I could. Also, like, you know, we, we mentioned that angels are, uh, you know, wheels on fire 70 eyes 70 wings body blue better angel better angel oh yeah an angel is a disco guy in floor in length floor like like white and silvery fringe who i just love desperately yeah, I since love i was 14 years old all right cool so what are we gonna rate this out of i mean what do we what didn't we say jesus's traps jesus's traps okay like let, let's rate it out of the biggest thing in the movie which is jesus's traps jesus's giant ass traps okay so you go first <laughs> Okay, so wait, how does it work again? Five being... Oh, yes. Uh, okay, so we have... Um, 
we do it out of five. One Jesus trap means the movie was absolutely terrible. You know, at this point, you know that we've seen some terrible ass yes. movies. Yes. Uh, one one Jesus trap is just you you couldn't you're vomiting in your mouth. You can you can't even imagine ever <laughs> thinking about it again. You're gonna be in therapy for years. Five Jesus. My favorite Dreamcatcher by Stephen King. Anyway, oh my god. god. Yeah. I think I still think about that was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. I know, and we never ended up. No, so bad. It was so bad. We never ended up doing it. We didn't do it. It's only happened twice. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Five Jesus traps. Five Jesus traps. It's incredible. Um, At this point, when Chelsea gives it five Jesus traps, you know it's a cookum rating because Chelsea is technically a cookum at this point. So you know, five Jesus's traps. So much pressure. Um, Jesus technically only has two traps. So like that's like two and a half Jesus's <laughs> worth of traps, basically. This is, is what so, we're getting here. This is. I, I just feel so, like we're we're engaging in so much um, blasphemy. Yes, blasphemy. It's not blasphemy if it's the people's Catholicism. <laughs> okay. Which I've okay. decided that's what okay. we're doing. <laughs> Okay, so we just lost, you lost the most transcendental <laughs> piece of this podcast. You Good missed- use of transcendental. <laughs> You're really bringing in the fucking <laughs> religious vocabulary. Wow. We had this amazing conversation that you just missed. I don't know, somehow I missed, <sighs> I, I like hit the button or something. And we I talked just, a lot about Jesus' neck. We talked a lot about his neck and I rated it and you didn't even hear the It was a moment. Rating. It was a moment. I guess... I guess it, it was like confession that only you were supposed to oh hear. Oh my god! My Holy shit. actual true opinion. Father Swain on this was ready movie. to hear your confession, my wow. child. It's it's like when you write a great essay, and then something happens, you update, and then you haven't and you hit lose it. save. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you're like, I can't ever do that again. That's what yeah, you guys missed. Yeah, that was that one moment. You missed the best moment on Métis in space. We're ever. actually like our eyes are glassy from the tears of joy that we cried. It's true. And you missed it. Yep. I don't even know what to do at this point. That was incredible. I guess we just forge on. Okay, we That's what on. our people have always done. It's true. It doesn't matter the good, the bad. All no. we do is we keep on keeping on. And it doesn't matter that you, our audience, did not witness that sublime moment where I felt touched by, by an the angel? hand of God. Yeah. Were you touched by an angel? I... Not inappropriate. Feel good? Oh, okay. it was it was kind of sexy. <laughs> I had to say with the whole harness thing. Yeah, yeah. Was it? What, yeah, was it Carl Anderson? It, it was, was. Was he the angel that touched you? Is is that the guy that was in Predator with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Uh, I have no idea, but okay. that was the guy that played Judas. Oh no, it's totally not him. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wait, wait, wait. Was that the Predator guy that that grasped Arnie's yes! hand with the, the muscles? Yeah, that was yes. definitely not Carl. No, that was definitely not him. <laughs> oh my god, I'm I'm just really bad with names. Wow, I can't. It's okay. You didn't know Carl Anderson's name until okay. this moment. So, um, I take it all back. I only rate this what? movie a four out of what? five Jesus traps. No, you okay? You said four, but then you also said another number, and I think the people deserve to know what that other number. But was. there's no proof, Molly. You're right. There's, there's no proof. only faith. There's only integrity. And also faith, I guess. Well, because we're talking about Jesus Christ. Superstar. It was a pretty good movie. Four out of five. Go oh ahead, Molly. <laughs> And I can't vote if we can. I can't say it for some reason. You will never know what I, Chelsea Dole, oh admitted to in moment of weakness. Thank God it was not recorded. What do you mean a moment of weakness? You mean the moment of the greatest strength you've ever felt in your sure. life? Sure. That's what it was. 
Jesus Christ Super Strength. But anyway, so I obviously, it's my favorite fucking movie of all time. Like, there is, just there go is for it. no, just go for it. I am gonna give it the Metis Infinity sign. Wow, Metis Infinity sign. That's Infinity. Forever. Jesus ever, traps. Ever. <laughs> the Jesus traps are fractal at just, this point. Yeah, just like quantum Jesus traps. <laughs> Like, this movie is everything I've ever wanted. You, it's the homoerotic, multiracial, love, triangle, religious, revolutionary film of my dreams. You will never understand Molly Swain until you watch this movie religiously. Yeah. Emphasis on the religiously. Yeah. And, like, to a certain extent, like, actually. Yeah. Yeah. For real. For like, real. Like, have you... Do you feel like you've learned new things about me? I, I do. I do. Which, like, that says a lot. We lived together for three years. Yeah. We've known each other for six years. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and now I understand. That's not small fries. That what you really want in this life is floor-length French. You're right. Yeah. That is the main takeaway. It is. Yeah. I can't think of anything better. I can't believe we just lost an essay's worth of discussion. (laughs) That is so hilarious. PhD students everywhere are crying. Yeah. They're like, wow. The archive is is bereft. The lost the lost section. Just know that we had an amazing discussion that you were not a party to. And but also just know that like if you get together with your friends and you drink a beverage of your choice and you watch that cinematic masterpiece of Jesus Christ Superstar, you too can have that discussion. You can. You can. You yeah. can do what we do, only better. Only yeah. Better, equal, worse. Like we don't give a shit. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. We're not. We're not number one. We're not number two. We're not number three. Uh, like whatever. Number two. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Okay. okay. What are we doing? Who are we? We're at like three hours, four are, hours, five are hours. Are okay. we? Thank you. Spoy, whack, kiss, kiss, and cook. Metis, Metis in space. 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 Metis in space.